Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, boomers! It's time for another episode of your favourite fortnightly guide to the 1990s and the UK's official Sega comic, Sonic the Comic. We, as always, are the humes who think we're in charge for the last time in 1996. <laughs> My name is Chris McFeely. My name is still young just Dave Bulmer. And we've got a third with us today. Who the hell are you and what do you do? I am Daryl. I am a software writer at Radar, and I'm also an author of a book called The Making of Tomb Raider. And they also have a podcast called Power Keys, where I interview a different guest every fortnight about themselves and a memorable game and a boss stage. Fortnightly podcast? What a lot of nonsense. I know. That'll never work. Who ever heard of such a thing? Who think of that? Madness. <laughs> Why did you think of that? Because we've got a reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's about to be in its fourth season now, but the first one, it was doing it every week. Yeah. Uh, and it was and I, that's yeah, a no that's a big no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were gonna do that but it was a no we <laughs> started out with such delusions yeah. yeah it was a big no and then i was like you know what let's just do in fortnightly just queue them up and just and even still sometimes it can be a struggle i found yeah but yeah i think now i've just got a good balance of it but you both must have experience of that now what two and a half years in what is it what is it we're three and a half years in now yeah. oh god right we've been loads wow yeah okay <laughs> It's surreal because I've been listening since day one, as we spoke before, and uh, it's it's that weird feeling where I feel like I'm listening to the podcast, but I can actually interact with it. Yeah, <laughs> instead of just yelling impotently at us. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> All the many things we get wrong. But that's what the Twitter's for. Hey, yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, before we, we get into this issue, Daryl, tell us about your history with Sonic the Comic. <sighs> Oh, so it all started when my mum bought me issue 81, Running Wild. Ooh. <laughs> so that was okay, yeah. <laughs> quite the start. Quite the start. You'll have already yeah. been a Sonic player by then, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, because the first Sonic yeah. game I ever played was Sonic on the Master System. And then yeah. I got Sonic 3 in a Mega Drive in Christmas 94. Oh. And ever since then, I just caught the bug. Well, you just skip to the good stuff, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> it was just incredible seeing this insane supersonic flying about, and it just all kind of like went from there, really. And I, was, I just remember just being obsessed with waiting for Wednesday to go to my local Asda to get it up. It was amazing. <laughs> to do what in the local Asda, sorry? Oh, God. <laughs> to pick it up. <laughs> to pick it up. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I find my local Asda quite exciting. I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> He's not, he wasn't lying. He's got it right there. Well, we are here today with issue number 94 of Sonic the Comic, which is cover dated the 6th of January 1997, but actually came out on Tuesday, not Wednesday, the 24th of oh. December. Because, of course, they couldn't bring it out on Wednesday because Wednesday was crimbo and everywhere would have been closed, so they had to drop it on Tuesday instead. And yet, as we've noted, despite coming out on Christmas Eve, this is very much the New Year's issue. Yes. So... Even though you may well be listening to this before it's Christmas, <laughs> or, and certainly before it's New Year's, but we'll make this an all-in-one celebration issue, just as long as you remember to put the sleigh bells under the uh, opening thing. Oh yes, don't you worry <laughs> about that. Yes, it's so much the New Year issue that we have got a full big Richard Elson cover of Sonic welcoming us in to first foot inside his house on New Year's Eve. It's a sort of a wooden snowy Christmassy house. 
And inside there is a lovely party. Behind Sonic, you can see all balloons and lights. There's a disco going on. You got Tails and Amy dancing around. You got Johnny dancing around. You got Knuckles doing something. I don't know. He's being a bit violent. He's doing something. I'm just, looks like Amy's doing a bit of the old uh, night favor. The uh, staying alive. Pointing yeah. finger in and out. Yeah. <laughs> and on the door frame is the house number, and it's number 97. Of course, it is because it's 1997. And there's a little bit of holly on there. And it's all snow. Yeah, and holly and everything. Yeah. So it's still Christmas. Yeah, it's still Christmas. It's like I've said on the show before, Christmas happens on December 25th and then it's still yes. Christmas up until January yes. 1st. Yeah, It is, because if you haven't gone back to school, it's still Christmas. Exactly. And I have had this argument with family members <laughs> wherever somebody will say to me, oh yes, we had X over at Christmas. And they're like, no, they weren't here yeah. at Christmas. They were here December 28th through the 29th. And I'm like, listen to me now. <laughs> it's still Christmas. <laughs> See in the new year with Sonic the Comic. Come on in. All new stories inside, it says on a big balloon that has floated out the door. Plus, uh, ba- <laughs> crawl, badnik, pin up. Hooray! Take the tone down a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Plus, fighting vipers and a Bugs Bunny reviews. And that's, that's that. it. That's what's yeah. in. There you go. But before we go inside, mm. over to the back, eh? Yes, just for a brief little dalliance with this, because we've covered this so many times now, but they keep sending new Disney Channel adverts off to SDC. The Disney Channel desperately wants you to know that they have Timon and Pumbaa, Aladdin, the Mighty Ducks, and brand spanking new Doug. It it implies that's all they've got, because those are the only things they ever tell us about. Three ads in as many months for those specific programs. (laughs) Is that the whole channel? Were they just looping that? For 24 hours or whatever it was on for. It did. They did. I remember. Like, we would be treated to the Disney Channel through Sky with the card. We'd see Timon and Pumbaa, Aladdin, and something else, I forget. But yeah. I can tell you what else. Mighty Ducks and Brass Bank and New Duck. What more do you need? <laughs> this ad takes the form of a comic strip made out of stock images. Yes, it's it's awful, this. It's dreadful. They've tried to make a little cartoon where it's like Timon and Pumbaa are like, where are we going to go? Oh, I want to go to Agrabah, where Aladdin is. And then there's a picture of Aladdin. The zany duo from The Lion King are wondering where in the world to go next in their weekly series. And it's very clear that every picture here, even though the Timon and Pumbaa bits do kind of tell a bit of a story, It's just whatever they had. It is just any stock art, and someone has thrown it together to make a comic. I mean, they haven't done a terrible job of it or anything. No, because the, the pictures are just stock images of the three programs, mm. and then Timon and Pumbaa delivering commentary on them. Yes, they don't actually go to and meet the characters in this. No, you know, wondering where to go in their weekly series. Where to next? I kind of fancy Agrabah, and then we see the stock image of Aladdin. They make some jokes. Because they've chosen a piece of stock art of Timon and Pumbaa where they're just sort of flailing around. So they've decided to put speech bubbles in their mouth that say, We're flying like Aladdin and Princess Jasmine. <laughs> yeah, but we don't have a magic carpet. And so on. It's definitely a strange one, isn't it? But I'd love to see those mashups one day. They should do this. Timon and Pumbaa finding themselves in Agrabah for no reason. That's kind of what House of Mouse was, and that was why it was good. Everyone from Disney was at this one nightclub, and Mickey Mouse ran it, and it was good. That, I liked House of Mouse. That was the sort of thing you used to be able to be expect from Cartoon Network bumpers in between shows and everything, where they would mm. splice and, and animate original things of all characters doing unusual things and having unusual meetups. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed the era we're in now? 
the whole thing ends on the bottom right-hand corner. Oh, my God. With just an unannounced URL. Doesn't say what it is. Doesn't say go there. I didn't even register, no. No, it's so normal for us. H-T-T-P colon forward slash forward slash www.disneychannel.co.uk. Yeah. What is that? I've never heard of such a thing. I still don't have the internet. It's 1996. Oh, and yet they expect you to know what's going on because there's no come and join the fun at or anything mm. like that. There's no point your computer browsers towards. Search AOL 4. There's no compatible with Netscape <laughs> Navigator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't get internet until 99. So oh, this is wow. just an ancient thing for me. Yeah. I'm a pioneer. We got a PC at Christmas 99. And I think we spent most of Christmas Day setting up the AOL internet for so long. And then I think it was one of the first things I tried to do was download a demo of Sonic CD. <laughs> and it took forever and ever, like an hour and a half. Yeah. But we finally did it. <laughs> Control hey, boomers, can you move? Are you lying around like a big barrage balloon from endless chomping through your umpteenth Christmas stocking? Well, the time has come to put down that turkey sandwich and... Pick on this! The last power-packed issue for 1996. Umpteenth Christmas stocking. How, how do Christmas stockings work at Tavistock Place? <laughs> yeah, what's this business of more than one stocking? Yeah, yeah. He means selection box is, is yes. the phrase he's really you. meant to use. Exactly, there. yes. Mm. <laughs> also, none, because it's Christmas Eve! <laughs> I mean, yes, it's quite believable. Many people wouldn't have picked this up until the shops were open again after Christmas. But still. Do you feel like this issue is like, seen as it's released on Christmas Eve, like given as a present as well for kids? Because that would have been a good present at least. It would, unless you can normally expect to get STC, in which case you're like, well, that's a waste of a present. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't you have this anyway normally. <laughs> it's like it's like when you get a new PE kit. I'm like, oh, thanks. Oh, whoopee. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what we've discussed now. We're 40 now, so socks and pants, actually. Yeah, yeah, throw some in there, please. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's different now. No, but, but back then. Because yeah. now, as then... We don't want to go and buy our own clothes. <laughs> but then we expected it. Now we just don't. And so it's nice when someone buys us some socks. You're like, oh, great. I wouldn't have had any otherwise. I generally do expect some pants and socks from the mum, actually. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still to this day. <laughs> uh, when she sees a sale on. Have you met my mum? Because yes. <laughs> anyway, Megadoid yeah, anyway. says he's in a state of shock as he writes this, as the Humes who think they're in charge of giving him a copy of the game no Mega Drive owner should be without, Sonic 3D. Uh, Sonic 3-D. 3-D. <laughs> so I'll leave you with this thought. A whole new year of STC apostrophe S. Oh, mm. you. <laughs> Here's to circuit shattering celebrations. And then we get some bad news, and listeners, brace yourselves, because this news is its going to impact you, I'm afraid. Oh, yeah, you'll not be able to... Mm. It did me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the cost of STC, there's some not-so-good news, and some great news concerning the next issue of STC. The not-so-good news is the price is going up by just 5p from it's not STC a lot. 95. It's not, is it, actually? That's quite fine. But still. You felt it. Yeah. It's just the announcement. It's the fact that they held on for so long. We've we've commented, haven't we? It's been a good long time. Yeah. It's been at 120. It changed to 120 when it revamped the design. God, that long ago. When was that? It was episode 58 when we had Johnny from the Magnus Archives. So that's just shy of 50 issues, which is to say just shy of two years. Wow. Well, there you are. Well, at 120. 
which is you know longer than it was any of the previous prices yeah it kept it would hop and hop and hop wouldn't it it's been 95 1.10 and 115 all before it was 120 and they kept it even what they don't mention of course Mm. and which we will look at more next issue is prices going up pages coming down oh yes 97 is the year they changed the paper stock and reduced the page count Oh dear! Oh, that yep. doesn't sound very good, does it? Um, perhaps it's to keep Sonic in power sneakers, but one thing's for sure: even at one pound twenty-five, STC will still be providing you with the very best. Not it doesn't say anything about how much in comic entertainment each fortnight. And the great news: the great news is there's a fantastic Sonic spinner free next <laughs> issue, which, as we can see from the drawing, is the Sonic frisbee from issue twenty-one in orange instead of green. <laughs> The very same frisbee I banked off the living room door to donk my brother in the forehead with. (laughs) Available again. Hooray! Just when your brother thought he was safe. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, STC number 96 is going to come with an exclusive badge. Yeah. Plus, there's more mega surprises to follow. They always stick a free gift on the issue where the price goes up. Well, uh, it's a little bit of fiddly swindling, isn't it? Because yeah. we've said before about how you you initially thought the first price rise was simply because it had a gift on it. Yeah, because it had mm. the belt clip on it. Mm. And that was quite a an elaborate, bespoke mm. gift. And yeah. I was like, not very free then. <laughs> <laughs> God, that was still... That was 95p to £1.10. The cheek of it all. When you really think back and you see how the only price rises since then have been 5p's. Yeah. And they put 15p on that mother back then. Outrageous. That's, that's at least the price of a packet of sweets of some kind. Still, STC was at its best. Back then, wasn't it? So it was worth it. When it did go to 125, the next issue, it was a final issue for me because my parents were like, it's just too much now. And then that was it. Oh my God. Yeah. The Frisbee was a farewell gift almost. So that was it. I didn't go back into it until I think middle of 98, I think. After the flickies. That's a shame. I am aghast. I mean, it's it's proof of what we're saying, but I'm aghast. (laughs) I didn't want to be proven right, actually. That's a shame, because it means you missed the lead-up to the big Issue 100 bash. It did. With Issue 100 so close now. I was so gutted. I used to go to Asda and flick through them and just see what happened. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. did. Yeah, and I had a friend who lived near me who was still buying Mm. them, so I'd like... I mean, I would like go to see him to play like the Mega Drive, but in actual fact, it was just a retire at the comics. Yeah. So, you know, I'd be reading up to 101 and thinking, oh, that's how it happens. But yeah, Punnels for Issue, this for me. The Bigger Charts. Right, now there's a couple of things to talk about in the charts. Yeah, yeah. Number one, a Mega Drive football, the spreadsheet, the game 97. It's back with the vengeance. Oh, how exciting. But uh, that's not the reason to talk about the charts. The reason to talk about the charts is in at number three, Sonic 3D. Not Sonic 3-D. A little disappointing that it only makes it in at 3, honestly, isn't it? It is, especially since it's, like you say, football spreadsheet the game in at number 1. But Toy Story above it, which is, like, I guess, fair enough. But come on, it's yeah. Sonic's last hurrah on the Mega Drive, and it can't even make number 1. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Toy Story and Sonic 3D made by the same bloke with the same team. Yeah. So they've got two games back-to-back. And then there's a little revolution going on in the Saturn, which we're simply going yeah. to turn to Daryl to tell about because he literally wrote the book on it. <laughs> I mean, this is a, a complete fluke, to be honest. Like, it was only when we were like, yeah, we'll have a good chat about this. And now you look on the first page and Tomb Raider's there. So yeah, Tomb Raider, because it first came out on the Saturn mm. in October 96, and then the PlayStation a month after. So it looks like they're just kind of catching up, really, to like the charts at the time. We've found out that the charts are like at least a month out of date all the time, yeah. <laughs> right. 
It's strange because I remember getting Sonic 3D for Christmas of this year. I remember asking Santa for Sonic and Knuckles because I only had Sonic 3 up until then, like mm. two years after. And then I got this note, his handwritten note with Sonic 3D on it. And he was my grandma's handwriting, but she said... We couldn't find Sonic and oh. Knuckles, so here's Sonic 3D. No. I was like, oh, that's nice. It, actually, it is a bit late for Sonic and Knuckles. I think it's already been re-released as a budget game already by now. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't be surprised if they had all gone, yeah. Two years since Sonic and Knuckles now. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I didn't get it until August of 97, wow. after I got my PS1. Mm. That was a good summer. I bet it yeah, was, yeah. It was just real. <laughs> <laughs> Tomb Raider is the one, though, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it, no, Tomb Raider. And Sonic the comic? <laughs> no. <laughs> now these things belong to different eras. different eras. These cannot coexist, you know? Yeah. I believe, Dave, it was yourself that threatened a while back that, you know, we'll come to a point where Pokemon exists. Mm. No! <laughs> <laughs> it's very strange, because I was expecting it to be reviewed, Tomb Raider, yeah. like, mm. after a while. And for whatever reason, it just didn't at all. Tomb Raider is, like, the thing that... Because of how huge of a tentpole it was in gaming, and British gaming in particular, mm. should have been what really launched the Saturn into the world. But but it because it was a Saturn exclusive originally. But I didn't know that until right well, now. It, it came out on the Saturn first. I don't know if any exclusivity yes. deal was it was exclusive for a month. Yeah, yeah, it was. You're right. It was on the Saturn first, and they really tried to make it work on the Saturn. But if you play it now, it's it looks like death. It's not great, right. and. Uh, but yeah, it was the PlayStation where it really kind of kicked off. And then the exclusivity happened during the making of Tomb Raider 2. Because they were looking at testing Tomb Raider 2 on the Saturn, but they just couldn't yeah. do it. And then, uh, yeah, so there we are. But it was just, yeah, like I say, it's just for real to open this page and uh, there's Tomb Raider. But like I say, it's all that gets mentioned really in Sonic the Comic. Um, oh gosh, and just before we move away, there's a couple of sports on the Saturn. There's Daytona USA, Champ Edition, don't care. There's Worldwide Soccer 97, don't care. There's Fighting Vipers, which we're going to talk about later because it's in the review zone. There's a new game for the Game Gear called Man Overboard. What's going on there? This is the thing that we've puzzled over these things before. Now, this game is from 1994. We've talked about this on the show before. It must have uh, been in a, in a uh, news zone or something, because I recognize the name now that I've just Googled it. Yeah. It's called SS Lucifer Man Overboard. Not okay. simply Man Overboard, as listed in the uh, charts here. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely come up on the show before. Oh, so it right. must have been mentioned in a news zone. First published in Europe in November 1994. Yes, I recognize this now. I've looked at the video. It's one of those ones where they've got big silly eyes and it looks like it it looks like it's from the Amiga. It was a port of the developer's 1993 Amiga game Sink or Swim. That's the one I remember. Yes, 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 yes. Right, so I guess that's finally come out on the Game Gear or been re-released. Oh, no, I see, I see here, actually, yes. It looks like it was ported to the Mega Drive in November 94 and also ported to the Game Gear one month earlier, uh -oh. it's, according to Sega Retro here. And nobody cared until 1997. Until, yeah, I guess it must have been <laughs> price reduced or something. It's new yeah. for the top ten, I guess. Sorry. Eve of Destruction, written by Lou... Don't get your hopes up, no. <laughs> <laughs> written by Lou Stringer, art by Richard Elson, letters by Tom Frame. Spurned at a New Year's Eve party, boring scientist Dr. Bob Bobble decides to test his new Delta Ray machine on himself, 
bombarding himself with radiation that will increase his muscle mass, only to be transformed into a monster that dubs itself the Bulk. Out for revenge against the cool, fun-loving people who laughed at him, the Bulk causes chaos in the streets, drawing the attention of Sonic and the Chaotix crew. As they fight, the Bulk's muscles gradually swell larger and larger until he can't even move, but Vector recovers the Delta Ray machine and uses it to reverse the repentant Bubbles transformation. Is the Hulk, do you get it? So, I do get it. I confess I didn't get it originally. The Hulk is the one you know. And I use you in the cultural in the sense, cultural sense. There, not you, Dave Bulmer. So to qualify that, it's not that I didn't get it. Like I was, I'd be looking at this and be like, that's like the Incredible Hulk. He's purple with green trousers instead of green with purple trousers. <laughs> and he's called the Indelible Bulk or whatever he's called. There's something. Oh yeah, Indestructible Bulk. Indestructible Bulk. Yeah. What I didn't get was that like people who... <laughs> People who make these things like to just literally do a thing that someone else has done, and that's funny. <laughs> so I was just going like, oh, here's a new superhero that's a bit like that. This is superheroes are like Father Christmas again, isn't it? Yeah. You just yeah. don't understand the concept of references. Yeah. There's every chance that I watched Wee Man and the Masters of the Pooniverse and just took it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the, it's the grown-up approach to humor here where it's like, I know about this. I'll do that. That's funny. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. Now that I'm a grown-up, I find this really funny. I went through this whole thing giggling away to myself. There was loads of stuff to enjoy in here. There are some good lines, actually. Yeah. And uh, Bob Bobble's character design is tremendous as well. That's great. Mm. He looks like a nerd that you would see. He's really like a Simpsons kind of nerd. Yeah. The broad cultural caricature, like the way he stands. And he's at this party and there's like a babe is there and she's really bored because he's going on and on about his research into delta wave energy to formulate a thesis that one day delta instead of gamma gamma do you get delta gamma Greek delta letter. gamma do you get it do you get it she is like uh do you know what i'm bored with this i, I want to go and dance so she goes and dances and she do it's not that she like tells him to sod off it's not that she doesn't invite him to dance she wants to dance she starts dancing and he's like no the march of science has no time for such frivolities and then it cuts to him marching out ringing a balloon that he's and failing even to burst it and going they're always laughing at my genius and then they didn't do that (laughs) i like this do you know what i've only just noticed actually on this read yeah. do you see that the panel where he's pointing after the girl on the first page do you see how elson has drawn him with the tag on the back of his tank top actually sticking out because he's oh, such an uncool dork yes. he couldn't even tuck the friggin tag <laughs> of his jumper in properly <laughs> i was seven when this came out and i remember all the marvel cartoons like during mm. oh, saturday morning you know mm-hmm. life and kicking fully books dig it but for some reason i only remember the fantastic four spider-man and iron man so even still like i was unsure of who this was meant to be so it was a strange one because last issue was obviously spider-man obviously insect guy insect guy even yeah <laughs> trademark so seeing this was uh, bizarre but it's only like when i'm reading it now that some of the references i get like the last page is like where he goes i've reversed the polarity of the delta mm, rays yeah. So I get that nice little Doctor Who reference there. It's really nice, and uh, New Tech City looks like Camden Town to me. <laughs> so the gimmick is, is like, well, what if the Incredible Hulk was... What if it was silly? And the silliness of it is that he keeps growing. He doesn't just turn into Hulk and then that's it. He can't stop. And, I, you know, I remembered this wrong this whole time. My memory of this story was that when they punch him, he gets bigger again. 
and they eventually oh, like one of those old kinetic absorption things uh, yeah so they they beat him enough until he can't move but it's not that it's just that he got zapped so much that it's still happening yes i mean it, it's it's a little odd in that respect because the fact that he continues to grow has no actual bearing on the resolution of the story i suppose not he just keeps growing through the fight and then vector zaps him with the delta ray machine and he turns back to normal well it's what stops it they they can't they can't stop it yeah, well yeah but i mean it lasts two panels and it has no actual bearing on the flow of the action it's, it's an odd one I got a good laugh, though, from when he actually turns the machine on himself. When I zap myself with cadets' delta rays, I'll have the <laughs> muscular build of a bronzed beach patrol guard. And the ray zaps him and it hits him. That's got to be a nod to those Charles Atlas ads, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If I remember right, Stringer will do some very Charles Atlasy stuff in an upcoming issue, too. Oh, yeah. Have you seen him? He's covered in biceps. <laughs> He drops the remote when the rays hit him anyway, so he can't turn the machine off, which is why instead of simply becoming a bronzed beach patrol guard type, <laughs> he grows to become the bulk, uh, growing bigger, bigger, too big for my tank top to contain me! <laughs> <laughs> and he bursts through the tank top. <laughs> Yeah, I had a good hard chuckle at that one. I feel as if there are multiple different things with multiple different cultural connotations called tank top. Because don't muscle guys wear tank tops? But this tank top is a jumper with no sleeves. That's a, the nerd sort. Yes. I'm not sure if it was at some point in our cultural yeah. history that the term shifted to refer to those things. Mm. A little vest looking thing. Yeah. If you type mm. tank top into Google Images, you get sexy people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then if you scroll down far enough, you'll find these. These old fashioned jumper with no sleeves things. What I think Americans today call a sweater vest. Mm. Uh, on page six, Lou doesn't have quite the same approach to Charmy B's speech as Nigel Kitching does. And so on page six, he has him cry out, Blobberty Boo! <laughs> <laughs> That's a new one. That's an extension of he, the Charmy He's getting there, though. You know, whenever they're having a big party, he goes, Yippity Yappity Dee! And yep. I'm like, Yeah, that's, that's some Charmy yeah, shit. That's, that's charming. the usual brand of Charmy bullshit. Yeah. Yep. And also, I see Lou's calling out in this one that the Chaotics are wanted by the police. Yes! You know, after it seems like briefly forgetting it last issue when they went to hand out presents at a children's hospital. <laughs> well, maybe the police weren't at the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not. Especially when it's like celebrating New Year as well, that suddenly they just go, let's just bring this ray outside, and the police are just on the side just going, we'll allow this, just for <laughs> it's once. It's Christmas. It's for Christmas, yeah. <laughs> it's all right, boys. Let them go. <laughs> The bulk makes his entrance by pulling a bell out of a bell tower. Obviously, the bell that I guess is supposed to ring, ring in the new year. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So he pulls the bell out. So he's going to stop all their fun because they're too cool and having fun, and he should be doing science instead. <laughs> he throws the bell down on the crowd, but then Sonic does a nifty feat of speed, creates an updraft with his sonic speed to like catch the yes, bell. Yes, that was and, nice to see. Yeah, like that. How much has been said about Vector being a tech guy? Because I'd forgotten if I ever knew. Well, he's not a tech guy really is he i mean knack has been presented as kind of the tech guy vector's yeah. the brains of the outfit but he's not like mm. a science guy well the reason i say that at some point in the last like week i've seen reference to vector being oh i know we've got a discord now for this podcast and there was a discussion on it about how tails is the brainy one in modern sonic yeah. and in japanese sonic and so there was a discussion of, like, who we used to have as the brainy characters. So Porker, obviously. But Vector was mentioned as being, yeah, he's the one who does, like, this sort of technical knowledge. And, and it, 
I, well, I just didn't know about that. I didn't. I don't think well, I knew. I don't feel like that's come into the comic yet. In that case, that, yeah. he's definitely the, like the brains of the group. He's mm. the leader. He's the tactical one. Yes, I think of him as the tactical sort of leader, sort of brains. But in this one, he's gone off and he's he's mended this yes. genius scientist's ray and reversed it. He actively repairs mm. the machine after the bulk in what feels like about thirty seconds. Yes, <laughs> in in the span of four panels, he goes comes back with the thing. You know, yeah, it would have taken me four panels just to drag it. <laughs> <laughs> Good line there, though. Keep the boat busy, Sonic. I'm going to see if there's anything to stop this monster in Bobble's laboratory. Oh, gee, I'm glad you passed up the easy job. <laughs> I've always remembered this guy going, Can't move. Oh, yeah. I heard it. You always remembered this guy, and yet never twigged he was the Hulk. Um, I don't think it's that I didn't twig he was the Hulk. I think it's just that it's like... The Hulk is like Father Christmas, got it. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, no, I've always remembered this can't move, and I think it was well put across. It's a good idea. Like yeah. it's, it's a neat twist to put if you're doing a sort of spoof parody version of the Hulk. That's yeah. a neat way to approach it. Yeah, I think that's what we've got here. I think we have a, a good parody of the Hulk. This guy's funny. The stuff he says is funny. The way he turned into the Hulk is quite funny. But then it just sort of turns into the Hulk, and they they don't. There's no ironic. Like so, <laughs> yes, they have this idea of him getting too bulky, becoming hard to move, yeah. but. What more do you want? That's a parody of the Hulk. Yeah, yeah, but it like it doesn't factor into the story in any way. There's no ironic turn at the end of it all, wh- wh- where uh, you know they have to then spend the back half of the story figuring out how to save him before his muscles crush his own head or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's two panels of of him not being able to move, and then Vector shows up with the ray. Um, it's a good idea. It just, mm-hmm. just doesn't feel like it gets taken to any kind of like extreme for a real ironic twist on the end of the parody concept they're playing with. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I didn't notice that. I just think it's like, this is what they're up against and they defeat it with something. <laughs> a ray. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sonic smashes the ray and it's like, years of hard work destroyed in a second. I'll just make sure you can't use this again. Bash! <laughs> and then Bobble, at Sonic's urging, makes a New Year's resolution to benefit the population of this needy world with his genius. And Sonic's like, ah, your fear's boring, let's party. <laughs> so nothing got resolved in the end. It sounds like the woman again of just lighting <laughs> up. So, and then he does just a sigh. So I just feel like he's going to go back and just build the machine again. Well, he, he sighs with a big smile on his face. So he understands that science should be used to benefit society instead of as a cudgel to wield against the uninitiated. Happy New Year, boomers. The end. Next issue, big fight. Oh, the big, big fight. The big, the big, big fight. Next <laughs> big <issue>. fight. <laughs> <laughs> One more do you need? All right. <laughs> Pretty big fight, this issue. Eve of Destruction. It's a title that promises mm. more than the strip delivers, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, although it does sound a bit Marvel bullpen, doesn't it? Well, it's, it is that kind of dramatic superhero-y sounding title story. Sure, and it's Eve, because it's New Year's it's Eve, Eve, obviously. Eve. But... Uh, yeah, it's not a bad one or anything. You know, I'm having a go at it, but it, it's fine. I like this one. It's just symptomatic of a, of a run of stories that we're in at the minute, is all. Refusal! Refusal! Yeah, Refusal! 
vipers! Fighting vipers! Tell me something about fighting vipers. I know the one thing about it that we should talk about, but what, tell me something else about it. Um, fighting vipers is a fighting game, and I don't know the difference between those, so I went and asked our listeners, and I was told that it's, uh, the, the thing about this one that stands out, well, there's one thing that's described here that stands out, um, which is that the characters have uh, two sets of armor for both upper and lower body areas, which protects them until they lose it, and then they're vulnerable, and they're, uh, armor-breaking moves that you can do, so you do special moves to get the armor off. Okay, so that's one gimmick. Another gimmick is that instead of just having, like, the edge of the arena and you can maybe push somebody off and then win or, or whatever, or it just being an invisible wall, the walls are visible, they're destructible, and they're climbable, and so you can do, like, cage match stuff. You can get up there, you can jump off, you can do moves. So it seems like they've expanded the, the set of things you can do in a fighting game. But then there's Honey. Uh, yes, uh, is that the name of the character in Fighting Vipers? Or That's the impression I got, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's a character in Fighting Vipers, and she's pictured here in the screenshot. Oh, is that her there? Yes, so yeah, it is. Yeah, that's her right there. Who was the inspiration for a character that was going to be in Sonic the Fighters, the, the 3D Sonic beat-em-up arcade game, called Honey the Cat, mm. who was not in Sonic the Fighters. No. She didn't she didn't make it into the finished build. But I think people discovered her in the code and she's right. since made the jump to being an official canon thing. She's certainly at least been in Archie comics, but what hasn't? What hasn't? You know, when you let Ian Flynn write your comics, just, uh, you know that's, that's what's gonna happen. What bit of obscure Sonic Wank isn't gonna make it in there. <laughs> yep. I believe she's appeared in one panel of IDW as well. Ah, well yeah. Yes, uh, the way it was told to me was not with the focus on it being like Honey the Cat was going to be in Sonic the Fighters, but I got the impression that, you know, whether or not she was going to be in Sonic the Fighters, she might have just been something fun that they had in there, maybe to test the moves out or something. But, um, yes, either way... I think the idea was that she was an abandoned character mm. who people found the code for in the build. Either way, she, yeah, the code is there in the build, yeah. It's quite a good little character, to be honest. Did you ever play this one, Daryl? I did a little bit, yeah. Oh, oh, oh hey, we've got an expert in it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember like playing it at a friend's house. It was pretty good, but I mean, this was just before Tekken and Tekken 2 came out when it was like a bit more, well, faster really. But I remember this being, yeah, pretty fun. But I'm sure I remember like reading, because this was around the time I was getting Games Master as well, that they said about when it came out in Japan, it was wiping all the saves with Fighting Vipers in Japan. Oh, so they had to quickly recall the copies oh. and then update them. Yeah, it was fixed in the other regions. But uh, yeah, but I remember it being fun, straightforward. And I think this, because of this game, that's how Sonic the Fighters came to be. Something happened. I think someone modded in Sonic or someone into a prototype of this. And then they were like, let's try Sonic in a fighting game. And it was this. Now, I have played Sonic the Fighters. Yeah. Because it was on the Sonic Gems collection for PS2. Oh. Did I have I played that? that. Yeah. We may have had that, but I don't... That's the one that also had Sonic R and Sonic CD on it, and some other mm. Game Gear games. If I've ever played Sonic the Fighters, it was that thing where you go, oh, cool, I'm finally going to play this, and then seconds later you're like, I'm not in the mood for this. This isn't good enough for me. I'm going to stop. <laughs> no, I was 100% determined to unlock the Super Sonic mm. hidden character, mm -hmm. which mm. requires you to play through the entire game without losing a round. <sighs> Uh, and then when you get up, I think you get up to Metal Sonic is the final boss, I think. Don't lose the first round to him. And if you get that clean run through the whole game, not losing round, then the second and final round with Metal Sonic, you'll turn into Super Sonic. It's a good game. I just remember it being really anxiety-inducing near the end, because I think you're on a countdown when you face Robotnik before the Death Egg launch or something. Ooh, so much anxiety. A bell, yeah. I can't remember. I sold that 
on years ago when I really shouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good game. So that's the most interesting thing about fighting vipers anyway is Sonic the Fighters. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> And then we got Bugs Bunny in Double Trouble. Oh, this uh, one for the Mega Drive. drove me round the band. Oh my god! The, the opening paragraph almost feels like a protest <laughs> against having to do this. I'm gonna read this verbatim. Yeah. To some folk, Bugs Bunny is one of the coolest cartoon characters around. Not the ones reading this comic, because we're into Sonic. But okay. With his catchphrase. What's up, Doc? <laughs> he always outwits his enemies and gets away with his mischievous behaviour. Oh, that sounds like the coolest dude around, doesn't it? Chris, I remember around this time when The Simpsons started on TV and there was an interview with Dan Castellaneta. And in it, he says, So, uh, Homer's catchphrase, dough. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember that! The catchphrase, dough. His catchphrase, dough. <laughs> I mean, Bugs Bunny was cool. He, yeah. Even in the 90s, the Looney Tunes were still symbols of anarchism as compared to the soft and sweet Disney characters. Definitely, definitely, yeah. And I don't know when that fell off. I don't know when Looney Tunes stopped being those guys. Mm. They haven't been that for mm. a very long. They haven't been that for, like, the whole length. Lunatics, I think, was yeah. when that happened. I think it's got to be a cross between that and, like, whenever it became true that you saw Bugs Bunny less because they're showing a good Bugs Bunny cartoon on TV and more because there's a yoghurt with his face on. (laughs) If it wasn't Space Jam, it was Lunatics. Yeah. In Double Trouble, a new platform game for the Mega Drive, Bugs, in air quotes as if that was his nickname, once again finds himself in a pickle. And it's up to you to make sure things work out for this sharp rabbit. The plot in this game involves a sleeping Bugs being attacked in Dreamland by a mad scientist. This scientist wants Bugs Bunny's brain for his new robot, but our carrot-crunching hero escapes and, using the scientist's televisor, travels through Dreamland. Bugs encounters his Looney Tune pals, points to them for spelling Looney Tune right to you, any pals, who are helping the mad scientist. Remember Daffy Duck, Elmer Fudd, Yosemite Sam, and Marvin the Martian? And then he finally starts talking about the game with only a couple of lines left. It sounds like that was sent to him, doesn't it? That Mm. whole thing. And quite frankly, this bit of description that follows sounds like he legitimately played the game for five minutes. And I'm not even joking. (laughs) I'm not like an exaggerated lie. At the start of the game, Bugs gets a choice to set off on his adventure via two different routes. He can opt for a jungle world full of rope ladders where Daffy Duck must be teased into following him, or he can start in a bull ring where Bugs must gain access to a secret underground world. And that's it. It says no more about it than at that. It's like he played the first level. The platform game is very average, nothing special, sound annoying, characters good, no thought gone into them, Bugs Bunny would not be amused. I've just noticed that two of the five screenshots have the word demo in the middle of the screen. So they obviously just (laughs) turned it on and pressed save a couple of times. Hold on, I've just realised this is for the Mega Drive, so we can consult Chris Scully and Sega Mega Drive and Genesis Encyclopedia, which feels like it's been a good long time since we've been able to get this one out and actually maybe learn something about the frigging game. (laughs) During a dream in which he's being chased by Yosemite Sam, Bugs Bunny comes across the Televisor, a mysterious device he suddenly finds himself trapped inside. The Televisor can transport Bugs to other worlds. It's up to him to make his way through them all in order to wake up from his dream. Each of the game's eight levels is based on a different classic Bugs Bunny cartoon. 
Right, that's interesting. For example, one stage is based on the famous Duck, Rabbit, Duck and has the player trying to change the signs from Rabbit Season to Duck Season to make Elmer mm. Fudd shoot Daffy Duck instead. It sounds amazing. <laughs> I've just got no words. Like, when you look at the rating system before and it says Fun City and then the thumbs down is dull platform game. Yeah. It, it, it makes no sense. I really object to the 70% overall yes. score this gets. There is not a word in the review to support a good score like that. I mean, we all know that six and seven are the bad numbers. Yeah. But even so, like, there was one got down in the 50s. Yeah. But it's not a positive review in the slightest. And it's got to be a generic one of these, hasn't it? They've, sure. they've made loads of these yeah. by now. Mm. We used to have one nearly every issue, didn't we? We'd have, like, here's Sylvester and Tweety mucking about in a platformer, and here's Marvin the Martian mucking about in a platformer. <laughs> yeah. Strange one, this. It's not one I came across. I remember having a good time with the Taz games, but this one, it's just, well... You don't really know what the game is until the last two paragraphs. If a freelancer sent me this, I'd be like, please do it again. Yeah. Please play the game. <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia says that the Mega Drive version received mediocre reviews. Critics widely mm. praised the bright, colourful graphics and usage of old Warner Brothers cartoons and characters, though some criticised the controls that make navigating certain areas frustrating. However, reviews generally concluded that while the game is competent in most respects, it lacks any major innovation to draw the interest of anyone but hardcore Warner Brothers fans. Which I guess is what this review says in the end. Raves, fine for Looney Tunes fans. Graves, dull platform game. But it's in Fun City, so how can it be dull? You know, these are the questions we must ask ourselves. <laughs> Knuckles Roots Part 1 Written by Nigel Kitching Art by Nigel Dobbin And letters by Elita Fell Knuckles arrives in the Metropolis Zone Just as a platoon of SBS troopers Is about to violently deal with a crowd That's gathered to protest the paving over Of the city's last park Together with the magic-wielding protester Ebony He dispatches the badniks And discovers why everyone's so determined to save the park because it's trees can talk. Well, this is interesting. Mm. Ebony in pajamas. Yeah, I had no idea. No. So these are characters that are going to go on later to become quite mainish characters in the series, but not really in this context. This is a, a very interesting introduction for them. No, we'll not go into detail, spoilers no. and all that, but they are going to have their own thing mm. going on over, you know, not main characters in the Sonic. They're not going to hang out with the Sonic characters or anything. No. But yeah, to be, I, I always in my head sort of categorized them away as Lou Stringer characters. And I don't know if that's even right or not. I did as well. I'm very surprised to find Nigel bringing them in. Yeah, and Kitching and Dobbin characters too. Yeah, I'm surprised. Mm. So Pajamas is, uh, is a side Psychic. She's one of the protesters and she senses, in the first page here, she senses the approach of a, a small winged creature, a, a butterfly, yeah. and, mm. uh, and then Knuckles comes down on his pterodactyl. I'm very glad we're not ignoring the fact that Knuckles has a pterodactyl now. <laughs> Blades the pterodactyl, here <laughs> yeah. he is now. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's what it's called now on this podcast. That's his name, yeah, his name that is, is Blades. Blades. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some very nice fan art oh. of Blades the Pterodactyl yes. sent in by everybody. Thank you very much for that. So it seems Pajamas' thing is that she delivers kind of crappy predictions. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's the joke about her. Yeah. Pajamas' predictions aren't getting any more reliable, Ebony says. Now, when this would have come out, we were in an interesting place environmentally, which is that sure. we knew everything was going to pot, but 
there was no urgency at all. I know there doesn't seem to be any urgency now, but we know there is. That, but then it was a sort of a mixed. It was, a, it was sort of in between the two. Well, you know, we, we chlorofluorocarbons and the ozone layer and mm. everything. We still, we were still in time to act on that, and actually did. You know. Yes. Yeah. The whole news and they were that. Yeah. Well, um, I feel as kids we were a little desensitized to it by the sheer yeah. cheese of Captain Planet, you know? I think so. And so when you have protesters against environmental things, they're generally depicted as sort of weirdy, beardy, hippie people. And, that, yeah. and that's true here. You've got this guy with his sideburns and dreads. Well, I mean, what's weird about having sideburns and dreads, Jeff? Nothing. It's just that... <laughs> no, I'm not saying that's weird. It's just that he has the look of a protester. You know what I mean? Yes, and, I know um, exactly what you mean. I was just <laughs> trying to get you in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you've got the person who claims to be psychic but isn't. The hmm. Glastonbury type. And then you've got this lady who actually is, in fact, some kind of... Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Yes, yeah. she's got the big collar. She's, yeah. Is that a Doctor Strange thing? But certainly Time Lords have those. The big collar thing is, is a Doctor Strange thing, sure, yeah. Yeah. A big high collar. She's got yeah. the cape. She's firing, like, balls of energy around. Balls of... Did you... I didn't... I didn't honestly even realise when mm. I turned the page that she's magically shifting costume. Oh. She... Wait yeah, well, minute, you see the red ring. Minute. You don't notice it, right? Page three, you see the red ring of energy around her. It's yeah. halfway down her body the, in the first panel, yeah. and then down to her ankles in the second. So you don't even realize that the whole top of her body, she was wearing different... Look look back at her now on page one, yeah. and she's actually yeah. devilishly stylish. Oh, yeah. Look at that, look at that power suit she's wearing the That's purple what it is. and the green power suit, power suit. purple with and her, green with power suit her, with yep. her little ankle boots and everything wait yeah no, i don't feel like anybody draws ebony dressed up like this in the future i feel like no. she just goes around in her knockoff dr strange duds i like this one i'm interested in yeah. this business lady in the city attire she's yeah. got going on yeah. here well and this is why when i got to this bit i'm like that's dr strange i'm like Oh, so is this planet Meridian again? No, it's not. This is just mm. Mobius. Mm. I guess they're all just into this right now. No, I mean, this isn't like, it's not a specific parody or anything. It's just no. like, this is the attire of a wizard. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, with these comic strips, when it's Knuckles, I always just, well, to pardon the pun, like marvel at the arts rather than actually read the story because I just love it. It's just, it's got that, you know, autumn-y, haunting thing that Knuckles stories has around this time. Mm. So I just look at it and then go, oh, there's a story here as well. I better read that. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a very simple one. It's it, it really is just a threat shows up. They have a fight. The whole point of this one is to introduce what's going to happen in the next one, basically, and to have a little punch-up. And to introduce Ebony and show off her powers. You know, she, she yeah. throws this, like, blue energy ball and it, it shatters in front of the troopers. And they're like, it will take more than party tricks to stop the SBS citizen. But then these, I don't know if they're supposed to be like vapors or tendrils of liquid, but whatever they are, they, or if they explode out of the ground, it looks like. Mm. It, it, something magical is happening anyway, and I don't know that it necessarily matters that they can't tell exactly what it is. But No, it just sends them up. And I, yes, I'm not sure whether they're supposed to be being exploded up or just sent up in a floaty way. Oh, wait, no. Well, that guy looks like he's being skewered. Yes, and perhaps that other one on the left as well. Mm. In fact, yes, I think they all are. I think they're being skewered by these. Oh, Oh, gosh. I'm not sure if it's vapor or liquid or whatever Mm. it is, but yeah. Knuckles is like, oh, that's amazing. How'd you do that? Magic. Anyone can learn. It just took me 15 years of total dedication and personal sacrifice. That doesn't sound like long, 15 years. Um, That's all right. Well. Do a bit of magic. You'd have had to start learning it at 25. What were you doing when you were 25? Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, at the time, you could have got stuck right in. (laughs) But then uh, Ebony, you know, Knuckles is like, all right, keep back. This could get messy. And Ebony's like, no, I'm getting right into this. And Knuckles is impressed. I I think you've done this sort of thing before. And she says, 
I might have, handsome. And I'm, I'm, I'm suddenly find myself really pulled mm. into this. Yeah. I'm like, oh, 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 hello. What do we got going on here? And obviously nothing's going to come of it. But I'm like, you know, I kind of, like, I, don't, I don't know why I, I, I vibed <laughs> with it as hard as I did. But I'm like, I get, maybe I just liked seeing Knuckles having that kind of interaction with somebody. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He's been alone for an awfully long time. That's the thing. Knuckles strikes might me as... the world a good. Knuckles strikes me as the grown-up one. So if anyone's going to shack up with anyone, it, it'll be Knuckles first, I think. Yeah, but he, you know, he probably he's got, it's all about those emeralds. You know, he's got to put yeah. duty and work first. You That's know, the thing he'd do the Tobey Maguire thing, like, no, I can't be with you. <laughs> got to look after this great big emerald. I love your serious company accent. No, I can't be with. We've great power, right? <laughs> comes great responsibility, you slave. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Then they beat up all the robots and this little monkey kid in the protester crowd goes, you guys are cooler than a cool thing. <laughs> and you almost wonder if that was placeholder yeah. dialogue that slipped through. <laughs> I've done that before when I've, I've sent in a script and I've been like, this is placeholder. Let's let's put our brains together and see if we can come up with a good line there. And the editor's gone, no, that's good. <laughs> like it, yeah. Uh, I remember uh, Flint Dilly. Dilly Dilly tells a story about the original Transformers cartoon. He was just story editing someone else's script. And there was a moment in the script that seemed very rote. Mm. And he replaced it with some placeholder dialogue where the character says, if it hadn't been for that convenient plot device, we would have been <laughs> doomed, you know. And he's like, well, we'll think up something later on in the process. But somewhere along the line, they forgot to. And it was when he was sitting down on the recording session in the car and the actor went, if it wasn't for that convenient plot device, we'd have been fried. And they had to quickly go back to what the original script had said and record that instead because they hadn't thought something up. We do get from Mr. Sideburns and Dreads, we gotta save the trees, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes, that is the intent. He is supposed to be like a... Sh He's wearing flares and a vest as well. And yeah, that's Floppy collared shirt as yeah. well, isn't he? Yeah, look at him. But I like it because it's not actually like the most stereotypical way of no. depicting that, is it? No, not really, no. It's Dobbin, he's put thought in. It's not the full baked 70s hippie look, is it? Yeah. I used to think it was a wig <laughs> for ages. Well, so this is my question. Is that hair that pyjamas has got on or a sort of big hat? I never knew. Oh, I always assumed hair. Yeah. I think just the fact that it, the first time you see her, she's holding it and it covers her eyes. I always used to wonder, is it like a like a Russian hat or something? Well, I, no, I could see what you're thinking. Yeah, you know what I mean? She's, she's, you know, she's holding the side of her head in the Professor because X she's doing she uses, as yes. she uses her psychics. Yes. And yeah, then this drip ends with, you know, Knuckles says, what's so special about the trees? And the tree itself, and a lovely big tall panel, the full height of the page. Allow me to answer that question. A face appears in the trees and one of them speaks. I'm afraid we don't have any of that. <laughs> Obsessed with that little guy. <laughs> and then what we get is a full height of the page drawing from Dobbin here of these Ents. And they are very interesting to look at. They're kind of they've they've got sort of stretched out. It's like Court of the Crimson King album cover faces. They're stretched and sad looking and old and wrinkly and knobbly and very cool. I'm looking forward mm. to seeing more of these guys. Yeah, I don't re I, I don't remember this strip at all. No, I figured when Knuckles got back, it was going to be just they were going to start the one story that would take us through to issue 100, yeah. you know, yeah. a six-part Knuckles story that would take us up to the end, but they did not. Yep. So I don't know what, what's going to happen in this talking tree thing. It's funny because there's a Sonic story called Roots yeah. years from now as well. Mm. Uh, also by Kitching, I think. But uh, hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm just happy to see 
kitching and and uh, it's nice to have a little break every now and again if certainly if especially if the break gets us some captain plunder yeah but it just makes me more excited whenever knuckles turns back up and it's still kitching and dobbin just delivering the goods yeah but but yeah pajamas and ebony turning up was the real surprise of this one i had no idea this was where they first appeared yes what a surprise completely out of context for what we think of them as later mm. i just love the art with the trees there's just something about it which is just nigel dobbin all over isn't it yeah. it's great Real British children's storybook kind of yeah. a yeah. real, real faraway trees type stuff yeah. going on with this. Yes, that's what it looks like. It looks like or like an unusual animated version that you might see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I remember like speaking to Nigel when it was that 25 year celebration of STC in Manchester, oh, and you were there. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, and uh, I remember like talking to him and Nigel about Running Wild and just saying about how it was my mm. first issue, and then Nigel like kindly drew me this portrait of Zachary and Knuckles and it's just it's amazing I always used to love Nigel's drawings and everything in this it just had that UK-ish like you say Chris that British-y kind of mystical feel almost it's not to knock the other artists in the comic or anything but it was really when Dobbin arrived to draw at the same time as Elson when when Dobbin and Elson both coexisted within the pages of this comic that was when it like leveled up artistically mm. There was like two thing, two Sonic based strips you could always rely on to be just excellent looking. Hundred percent. Oh, and there it is. Look at that. Oh yeah, look at them there. Yeah, it's not even framed yet. That's been three years, and it's still not. It's just neatly packed away with my issue one and issue one hundred I got from eBay. I bought during lockdown, <laughs> just <laughs> basically sealed away because that was my aim in lockdown. Because when I was writing the Tomb Raider book during lockdown, I had to get my mindset in like nineteen ninety six. So, not only was I reading Sonic the Comic... Ah, that was how you did it. <laughs> yeah, not only was I reading Sonic the Comic, I was watching EastEnders episodes, so I can tell you about what's going on and all the music, so... Oh. Was it the EastEnders episode that's got short views in it? <sighs> we found out there's one in the background in an episode. Oh, really? No, but I've, yeah. I've seen the one where they play Spyro the Dragon, but that's not for a couple of years yet. Oh, no, no, that would be Years later. away, years away! Decades! Pin up. It's a a crawl bag. We tried to start. We tried to start the pinup bit then, and we just sat there silently, just (laughs) shaking our heads and pulling faces. It's a picture of a crawl bag, Nick. That's what it is. It's a vicious looking thing. Yes, I'll I'll say say this about it. I've never really had to think about whether or not that's a mouth at the front of a crawl bag, Nick. I know it has the two teeth, but I've never noticed what's depicted here as like. A, a grinning open mouth of metal teeth. So I've looked it up and like, yeah, okay. There's like a little, there's a little strip there that could indeed be interpreted as that, but it comes across as quite it's, uh, vicious. Mm, yeah, it's the eyes I think are the real vicious. He, he's given it full on pupils and irises. Well, and he's added this bag, you know, like eye yeah, bags yeah. around the sides and put kind of vein, not not veins, like like almost fins in that to just really draw attention to it, and it just gives it this angry look. Uh, I mean, it's still not good. It's still incredibly boring. It's just a crawl bad, Nick, in the middle of a blank thing with a slight blue spray in the background. Yeah. And, um... Still. Lovely fellow there, eh? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> uh, slightly more visually interesting, perhaps, than some of the recent ones. Hmm. Oh, boy! I wonder what's going to be next issue. Oh, boy! I look forward... No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, is it going to be any? Is that is that what they lose? Who knows? Oh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I feel like pinups are something that sticks around for a, a while. They they 
still managed to devote the centre pages to that. I never remember the pinups. It's usually the stickers I remember from 97 or Shrewsbury. I don't know what I did with the pinups. Did you ever take them out? No, no. No. Good, good. good. Even at seven hours, like, they must all be intact. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> no, exactly. Obviously. What's on the back of this one? No, the, in the last couple of issues, though, yeah, I've noticed they've moved to putting ads and things on the back of the pinups to take them out. Yep, and they've done it again here. Well done. We've got the same Milky Way crispy roll ad from last issue on mm-hmm. the subscription coupon on the other side. So you could if you wanted to. And I, that does seem to have been a conscious choice they've made in the last couple of months. Yeah. Which is something, I suppose. Mm. I mean, you could look at it as if they wanted to come up with something you wouldn't mind cutting out on the back of your subscription coupon. <laughs> That's yes. <laughs> the Hungry Guest, written by Nigel Kitching and Richard Rayner, art by Nigel Kitching and letters by Ellie Deville. A little boy named Billy No Friends turns up to attend Professor Frankenstein's New Year's Eve costume party but quickly ruins the festivities by eating everything in sight, including Stein's Mr. Cuddlebunny costume. Stein throws the boy out and vows never to have a party again, which is exactly what Igor was hoping for when he hired his nephew Billy to come over. Ah, this is a great one! Yep, yep bit of mucking about. Bit of yeah, fun. A, a perfect example of my favourite... I've got two favourite kinds of decap. This is one of them. This is the kind where it doesn't matter that they're spooky Halloween people. This <laughs> it's some people in a house... And then weird stuff happens. Uh, and my other favourite kind of decap attack is the one where it absolutely does matter and they are spooky Halloween people. <laughs> yeah. So all decap attacks. That's all the decap... Yes, I like... Yes, I like all decap attacks, but for different reasons. <laughs> Why isn't he called Billy No Mates? That's the phrase. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. It feels like they're trying to... Uh... It's almost like they had to send some mates, isn't it? <laughs> it feels like they're trying to make the joke without directly making the joke. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's weird, yeah. I mean, it's it's just jokes, you know. Uh, yep. I brought you a present. It's a cake. What? This box is empty. Yeah, well, it was a long way to walk to this dump. Would you like a mince pie? And uh, then he just opens his mouth and swallows Stein's arm up to the shoulder. Yeah. Uh, bring the after dinner mince, Igor. This boy has an appetite. And then there's the bit where we get a look at Chuck and Head and they're dressed as Apollo 11. It's tremendous. Like <laughs> Chuck is the rocket and Head is the lunar module sitting yeah. on top of the shoulders. Which he then chucks off the way that they separate. Do you want to see our moon landing? And he chucks him <laughs> and he goes, we have liftoff. <laughs> and he goes out a window. You're supposed to say the eagle has landed. I love the way Nigel's drawing Billy No Friends here. It's He's just got a round head. He's got a pair of little dot eyes crammed up in the top corner of it, like as far mm. up as Nigel can get it, so he can fill the whole of the rest of the head up with nose and mouth, and then just a little scribble on top of hair. It's just a single line of squiggle. Drawn however he feels like in the panel in the moment. Like It's just like a, yeah. he's a little Doug-looking fellow. Mm. Yeah. Dennis and Menace mixed with Chucky from Rugrats, perhaps. And he gets worse as the strip goes on until you get this bit where he just consumes Frankenstein. <laughs> he just jumps up and consumes him. Eats him whole, yeah. One for the vor crowd. Um, yeah. He just he eats him whole and then spits him out, but the costume has been digested already. Yeah. <laughs> the prof comes out, sans costume, glasses, and everything bar his... Polka dotted underwear. Polka underwear. And he's looking a bit ripped as well. Yes. He is, I was thinking that, yes. Yeah. Either ripped or wiry, one of the two. Yeah, one of, one of those where it's alarming to see this person's body anyway. You know, like when a... It's what it's <laughs> yeah. like. It's like when an, an older man takes his shirt off 
and has been looking after himself. And you're like, oh, yeah. that, that should be better, but it's but it's worse. <laughs> I think, S-I-N-K, you'd better leave, L-E-A-F, young man. I think you'd better leave. I will never have a New Year's Eve costume party again. And then, yeah, Igor escorts the kid outside. Well, hang on, wait. If we're doing the accent ones, my favourite accent one is right on the first page where he says, quickly. Yes, K-V-U-I-C-K-L-Y. Answer the door quickly, Igor. (laughs) It's so good. Our party guests have arrived. Did you already like accents written out in comics, or is this why? That's a good question, you know. <laughs> I've never thought about it. I wonder if Decapitate give me my love of phonetic comic accents. Yeah. Ooh. That could be that could that could be some deep wired stuff. You could be onto something with that, because I'm trying to think of an earlier example and I can't of when I would have run up against something like that. <laughs> oh, could be. Could be. Yeah, and then the story ends with uh, Igor just escorts Billy outside and gives him a fiver. Thanks for coming round. I didn't want to dress up in a stupid costume. Thanks for ruining the party. Gives him a tenner or whatever. Tells him to go buy himself a pizza. They wish each other Happy New Year. It is now. And then Head just bounces past and goes, Oh, I hope there are a few volivants left. (laughs) Oh, it's given me a Jones in for a New Year's party, this issue has. even though give you a Jones for a (laughs) volivant. Even though I, I don't, like... I can't remember the last time I had a New Year's party at all. Like, uh, the last Same. 20 New Year's have just been me and Abby <laughs> yeah. sitting here going like, well, that's New Year, and that's that. those fireworks were a bit annoying. Looking up from the tablet from your yep. those fireworks yep. are distracting me from my work. Yeah, yep. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much the same for me, but I think the last couple of years I've been looking at some of the games, uh, like prototype games being leaked or unveiled oh. so a couple of years i think i remember one year's eve they were hyping something it turned out to be a sonic one prototype so what do they always release them on a new year sometimes yeah hmm. i know with sonic one it was new year's day 2021 and i think when i was asked nice. what my game of the year was i said it was sonic one prototype like on january 1st. <laughs> sonic the hedgehog one yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah i'm usually like watching that but i've also got me and my wife just pretty much just watching murder documentaries and eating whatever and just going happy new year right bed well that's definitely been the experience of the last couple of years for obvious reasons but i would normally go and hang out at friends Mm. so i could at least toast the new year well now that i'm uh, recently rejabbed and abby's going to be recently had covid perhaps we can head on over to the local night spot this time and see the new year to your cafe yeah i think we might do that that'd be nice why not Next issue, Amy's Adventures. Hello. Going away for a little bit. Hello, indeed. Hello. Is this when we're going to team up the team, Amy and Techno? Could be. Yeah, could be the first Amy Techno team up. Because they're both right here, aren't they? They're both here now, yeah. Yeah, no, this was a good decap. But this was just back to a one shot that's just jokes, Dave. It's just jokes. (laughs) I love these kind of stories. I never used to get into like the part four or five stories of DCAP, but it was mm. these ones that I really loved. But I didn't even know there was a game of this <laughs> until years later. But I just used to love reading these. It's been so long now at this point. I don't feel like you're expected to know there was a DCAP attack yeah. video no. game in 1996. No. It was never popular enough to... I don't know why it ended up in it. Because things like Streets of Rage, Golden Axe, everyone had played those games. Mm. Or at least knew yeah. people who had and knew what they were vaguely. This, though... I guess it was just one of those things that just happened in the moment, yeah. you know? And then just went up the kitchen, had brilliant crack making it, and that's wanted it. to keep doing it, you know? Because yeah. that's why it's in the comic. 
because Nigel Kitching really enjoyed doing it and I guess had enough pull to make it happen at a point in time after the comic had obviously decided not to do other video game strips. And that's reminded me. Recently I was digging around in my folder of old Sonic stuff. It's where I keep my text <gasps> files of End of Mobius. And it, uh, you know, and there's, there's like the deep files that I haven't looked at in years and years. And one of them was just called Kitching. And I, I did, you know, my eye just glazed over that. I was just like, yeah, that's a Sonic word. But I opened it up and it's the first time I got an email off Nigel Kitching. And it's like January 1998, I think. Bless. I don't know if I've written to him by hand and he's emailed back because I put my email address on or if I emailed him. But in it, one of the things he says is like, do you guys like decap attack? Because <laughs> I'm having fun. <laughs> but I, I don't know if you lot are. And I just go like, yeah. And uh, because he's replied, I go full 15 year old Dave and I'm just going on and on. And, and I start going like the one where. <laughs> so, yes. I made it very clear that we like Decap Attack. Good, 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 good. Q Zone. It's Sonic 3 Revisited. They're still doing it. They squeeze the uh, Marble Garden, Carnival Night, and Ice Cap bosses. All they said last issue it was just going to be the Marble Garden, but uh, I guess they gave up and uh, they just squeezed with uh, two piddling screenshots and a big wall of text. It's just the guides to the Marble Garden, Carnival Night, and Ice Cap bosses. Presumably, as last issue, reprinted directly from the original thing. And it says, next issue, concluding battle with the final boss. And I think that may be a conclusion in more ways than one, but we have to double-check to be sure, so we'll wait to see what happens next issue. But in, in, the, in the desperate hope that there's something more interesting <laughs> than this to be found, Dave, what was happening in the Bulmer household at New Year's 1996 in the Diary Zone? I have a bad case of diary. 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 Hi, welcome to the Diary Zone. This is the bit of the podcast where, in order to put you in the land of 19. 19- Ninety now seven. Now seven. We're gonna crack open my old teenage diary. This is really my teenage diary. I've got it here, and we're gonna find it's out. It's not what a bit. Like, it's real. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna find out exactly what was happening. God, so, could you imagine if this was a bit and you were making this? <laughs> you couldn't been make making this the old thing up. up. You couldn't. <laughs> I used to think it was. Did you? <laughs> And nope. there we are. <laughs> there, even if you started out thinking that, there must have been a point eventually where you realised it wasn't because you couldn't make up the nonsense that comes out in this like played sonic cd hit by car <laughs> smurfs are great like I mean... <laughs> it would be a masterpiece of observational but 30 years ago writing wouldn't it it would be very impressive to be able to have put yourself back in that headspace to originally mm. script that material but do tell what you got so for example uh, we start on Boxing Day, the 26th of December, 1996. What a cool Christmas. Yeah. Not much actual Christmas information covered in the diary, you may remember. I Because uh, yeah. I got my SNES and I was playing it. I wasn't doing any writing down of anything. No time for writing, yeah. If I'd have got a new book for Christmas, perhaps I'd been more excited. A new pen, perhaps I'd have been excited <laughs> to write in it. But no. Um, <laughs> so I take that SNES over to the cousin's house. And I play on their PC, Day of the Tentacle. My first go on that. Yeah. On Saturday the 28th, I say, God, my handwriting's a mess, so I've promised myself I'm going to learn Bart Simpson's handwriting. <laughs> now, the reason for that is I've got, for Christmas, 
the wonderful little book that some of you will have had. Bart Simpson's little book of life. Guide, Guide to, to Life. life. Yeah. Yes, I had that. Fantastic yeah. little thing. And the, all of the writing in it is done in this font that's like based on Matt Groening's signature. It's like meant to look like Bart's handwriting. It's fantastic little font. I, I think I taught myself to letter comics by looking at the capital letters in that. Um, it was lovely. Oh, you uh, know, I had the similar sort of thing. Um, yeah. I essentially had to unlearn joined up writing or mm. cursive but we called it joined yeah. up writing i don't know what you called it but joined up writing no joined up writing yeah, yeah. good 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 whenever we were first introduced to that mm-hmm. i was taken but i wanted to write everything mm. all joined yeah. up but when it came to making comics mm. and other things like that or drawing my own whatever posters or cards or comics yeah. so it's no good it's no good that's not what comics look like and i had to train myself yeah back out of it and then that did become the way i wrote normally was yeah. was not joined up it was in in and let me tell you not to honk my own horn or anything mm-hmm. but i don't know why they needed me to word process that friggin school report <laughs> because it was beautifully clear i remember we had handwritten something and we were lining up to use the computers to type it up same sort of situation with this was there was a computer lab in school rather than at home and somebody saw my pages over my shoulder standing beside me and they were like why do you need to type that they asked (laughs) because that's now today yeah jesus christ i somewhere along the way i forgot how letters work <laughs> my handwriting is actually quite clear, but only because I have to write in capitals like a comics letterer. If I'm just writing, it's joined up, and nobody can tell what, including me. Because my hand goes faster than I can control it. I'm just like, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I'll draw a little squiggly line. Yeah, my handwriting is more like hieroglyphics, to be honest. It's mm. just, it's just a wasted opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> I have handwritten so little in the last twenty yeah. years. Oh, there was one point when I was working. Uh, my boss needed me to write a letter. It was only a small thing. I had a blank piece of paper, and it wasn't even lined paper. Mm. Oh, no, you can't. No, that was what I was worried you were about to say. No. Once upon a time, I could have. Yeah. And this was the realization. I had the biro, I had the piece of paper, and I realized it was falling down off the page. Yeah. I was like, what has become of me? You used to be able to do that for you. I used to be able to do this stuff. I always used to have to put a page of lined paper behind the blank paper to, to see through, you know? No, I used to have the skills. Wow. No, I might as well just smear my hand in the ink and slap my palm down on the page like to <laughs> make my mark. I am a fish. That's a total lie. No, it's not. Peterson told me. Monday the 30th of December went to this cool little computer shop in Ashby mm. that actually is always on about and I bought Zelda for my snares. Now, oh, so we're all, we're deep in the snares now then. It's like just buying things yeah. a week later. I was astonished to see that that's what happened because I think of my snares ownership as having gone through different eras. Mm-hmm. And there was the initial era where I had Mario All-Stars and Yoshi's Island and then eons later i buy myself zelda and that's a whole different it's like two weeks a week later i, I can't couldn't believe i can't imagine buying a game two weeks after buying my previous game even today well not buying i mean the snes was for christmas no but but i mean you haven't finished those games have you no well then what are you doing buying a new game i that's my that's the way i don't buy a new game till i finish the previous game I haven't finished all of them now, Chris. <laughs> Why would I buy a new game if there was still an old game to play? These are different approaches to games. My way of playing games was to throw it on, play the first couple of levels, and then what, oh, sure, if like my fancy takes me to another game, that's it. I didn't well, think of them back as... Back in the day, that was very much it with the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
That was, I feel like that is a mentality nurtured by coming up on the Mega Drive. Oh. You know, because so few games in the Mega Drive were were about, they, they were Sega games. They were arcade games, mm-hmm. you know. They were like, stick it on, see how far you get. Whatever, you mm. know. A lot of them didn't have battery backup or passwords. Mm. That's it. That's it. It's when it's as soon as you start being able to save your game, that's when I'm starting to think about beating my game. Mm. But not without, no. So and it was exactly the same for me on Spectrum and Amiga and things. Like if you can't save the game, which you often couldn't even on things like Amiga, then no, we're we're playing level one over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that with uh, Jurassic Park Rampage Edition and I didn't have a save and I just kept playing it and playing it until I reached the end. And I remember one time I, because Sonic 2 obviously doesn't have a save system, and I remember playing his Tales when I was at Metropolis Zone, but I had to go with my mum somewhere, and I left it on for like three mm. hours. No! no! And then apparently I think someone else came in and switched it off, and I was just gutted. Scum! <laughs> yeah. Oh, because oh, cause I was going to say, in that situation, I would leave the Mega Drive on, because yeah. it didn't. it's not like it consumed loads of energy or anything, and then you would come back. But, oh, if someone turns it off, what, what, what are uh, they doing? Gutted. How invested... In Sonic, would we be today hmm. were it not for level select cheats? Yeah. Good question. Very good question. And not just to get through the game. I think of the level select in Sonic 1 as like a huge part of like the mythos of Sonic. Oh, God, yes. Hmm. Absolutely. I didn't actually play through Sonic end to end for years. Yeah. No, same. Why would I? I didn't have to. Because yeah. it was that mentality. I didn't think about beating the game. I just thought about playing the different bits of the game. Exploring. Seeing yeah. all of the yeah. game. Um, yeah, and there's only six different bits. Well, you can just but put, that was plenty. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's what I, yeah. That's, but that's what I mean. There were only six different bits mm. to see, and you could see them all with the level select. I, I think I've told the story on the podcast before. I had no idea that collecting all the Chaos Emeralds was a thing yeah. you did to change the ending, as minor as the ending difference is in Sonic 1. I guess it was when I finished it properly, end-to-end, the first time, and saw that Robotnik was juggling fewer emeralds, because he was juggling the ones that I hadn't got. And I was like, wait a minute! If I get all the emeralds, what's different? You know, so yeah. yeah, Years of entertainment out of Sonic 1, purely by not knowing how to play it. (laughs) Well, that's how you're supposed to, isn't it? We didn't, there was no, though, I suppose there probably was a player's guide for Sonic 1, but you didn't have it. You just played it. It pretty short. Figure it out. Yeah, Yeah. I remember that. But debug mode was a big thing for me as well. Like, in Sonic 2, I'd make sure there were enough monitors to have Super Sonic for that little moment. Yeah. Yeah, debug mode just. That was like DLC for me for those three games. I loved it. Debug mode was mm-hmm. like, you, you pack the, the three codes to level select, supersonic, debug mode, and your, your world was your oyster. Off to the death egg zone, whip up, debug, rings and monitors. Supersonic there to take out the death egg robot. You can't do that in normal play. That's not even the same as just level jumping around. You're doing stuff there you're not allowed to. Yeah. Normally. Yeah. Yeah, you've cracked it open. You're a hacker. Yeah. I'm in. But just even <laughs> even just seeing like I can't remember exactly whose friend's house I was round when I first saw the level select being activated in Sonic One and seeing the title screen go to black and white mm-hmm. and being like, Wow, what a good effect. <laughs> I saw that uh well I've told I saw it the same place that I first experienced Sonic, which was at uh, at the tutor's house when we were being tutored for the eleven plus and when we could have breaks, they had a Mega Drive, they had Sonic. That's the first time I played a Mega Drive, the first time I played Sonic. And they knew the level select, so I knew the level select before I ever even owned Sonic. So obviously, yeah. when I got Sonic yeah. from the year dot, from day one, a huge part of the experience of playing it was playing whatever level I felt like, mate. Up, down, left, right, A, start. Diddling. I don't know for sure. 
but I bet the first time I turned on my copy of Sonic 1, I up, down, left, right. I bet that's the first thing I ever did. I bet. I don't remember when I first came across it. It might have been that neighbour again with Sonic 1, but I remember Sonic the comic where it gave the Sonic 3 cheat code. I never used to do it because it was so fast. It was hard. Yeah, nobody could do that. Oh, so fast. Well, you know, you heard somebody a kid yeah. three times over claimed he did it once, <laughs> but, you know, nobody was there the at the playground time. playground whispers. I used to do it. See? Three times <laughs> over. No, I've never seen you do it, you know. That's true, yeah. You wouldn't know him. He goes to a different school. <laughs> <laughs> if I remember, they did Game Genie codes as well. And I didn't know if they were oh. Game Genie code, so I used to try and put them as the sound test. Try and type them oh. in. Oh, no. Yeah, this, yeah. Oh. and it didn't work. <laughs> How young I was. Oh, and then you don't know if it's because you got it wrong, so you have to do it again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, where's the hashtag in this sound test? And there wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday the 31st, New Year's Eve. Here Ooh. we are, New Year's Eve. We're at Nana and Grandad's. I was going to ask, what does New Year's Eve even mean? Because I don't remember... New Year's Eve really meaning anything to me as a kid. In our family, it was just oh, we'll we'll visit someone or they'll visit us. You know that. Same, sure. But yeah, yeah. I mean, what it means is the grown-ups have something tipsy to drink at midnight, which means on and this is a rare occasion we're staying over at Nana and Granddad's house. Mm. Yeah. And listen to this as well. Didn't get to sleep until about dot dot dot. Well, gone two o'clock anyway. <gasps> two o'clock in the morning. Good gracious. Fourteen years old. Flipping heck! Um, Auntie Betty and Uncle Bill are here too. Yes, because I lived in a cartoon northern family. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a well and long established fact on this show, but it's still yeah. fun to hear it. <laughs> Wednesday, the 1st of January, 1997. <laughs> Auntie Betty, Uncle Bill, and then your parents, Dave's mum and Dave's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Dad's chasing me with a slipper. slipper. <laughs> what are you doing, Dave? I'm sawing the kitchen table in half for a lark. <laughs> oh, dear. This is Wednesday, the 1st of January, 1997. Diary 97 starts here. I've put in great big shaded bubble letters with a shaded bubble apostrophe before 97. <laughs> Last year was a brand new book, wasn't it, uh, for, for 96? Yeah, well, they, we're like three pages in. Yeah, oh, so, this is a oh, new right, book. So this is basically a new book for 97. Basically right? a new book. Because these aren't actually diaries, are they? These these are just... What? Oh, it's not like a book it's that says yeah, diary it's not, print. not an actual yeah. diary book pre-organized. No, you, they're you, just A4-lined paper ring-bound. It's just a jotter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this is a bit STC. <laughs> Brilliant. Not, STC not, not, or STCTP? STC, but not explicitly. <laughs> you'll see what I mean, right? Okay, okay. 1996. Summary. 96 has been such a cool year. For instance, all the stuff happening at school was ruly. And then came... Was it was what, sorry? Uh, it was ruly. Ruly? It was very ruly. Yeah. As in it ruled? Yeah, uh, you could tell it ruled because it was very ruly. It was ru no, That takes more letters to say than to say it ruled? Um, yes. All the stuff happening at school ruled... All the stuff mm -hmm. that happened at school was very ruly. I wouldn't have that wouldn't have communicated properly what I was trying to get across. Okay, things can rule in an idle way. These things were ruly, though. <laughs> you should have seen them. They were ruly. they were ruel. <laughs> <laughs> and but then then came activities week ninety six. That's the week where we had the classroom to ourselves unsupervised yes. for a week, and I played on the game a lot. And then we had Midsummer Madness ninety six. That was a summer evening barbecue at my old primary school yes. with loud music and exploring the old haunts. Summer Holes 96, new school in which I met some real pins downs. Now, 
I don't quite remember where it came about, but for some reason we had come up with this thing where pins down meant a cool person okay. and pin up meant a bad person. And it had something to do... We had some pins and we would spin the pin and like, I don't know. I can't remember. Well, we know pin-ups mean bad because we've had to suffer <laughs> through so many shit-badniks. <laughs> <laughs> and Christmas, it ruled. So much cool stuff happened in 96 that... And this is true. It's sad we're not still in it anymore. Oh, well. And then it says, General, dot, 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 85%. (laughs) (laughs) Activities Week, 99%. Midsummer Madness, 95%. Oh, Midsummer Madness was mega city. The rest of the year was just generally only big time sitting. Overall, 100. And then, see if you remember this. I think this, is this a digitizer thing? It says overall 100% or 1993. Oh, I don't know. Do you remember that? No. Do you remember that? I can't remember what magazine it was that would do that. It might have been digitized, but it's like, or you can play Lemmings. You know, if it like worms, and then, or Lemmings. Something like that. Doesn't ring a bell. No. <laughs> Thursday the 2nd of the 1st, 96, crossed out. 7, haha, <laughs> I knew I would. 11.13pm. I'm so tired. Over the last few days, I've been doing these Mario Brothers things. I, learning to draw Yoshi's Island characters. I, I, writing Super Mario Brothers book. Oh, Roman numerals. I, 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 yes, and lowercase ones as well. Thinking about how to do a video Mario All-Stars player's guide. Well, get good at the game first, maybe, Dave. <laughs> I didn't know about the keys yet. Collecting the little Star Road thing, didn't know about it. IV, learning to draw Mario and co. Nope, too tired to write. Good night. Bless him. And then, Friday the 3rd, we have a chart. I'm going to cover up what the chart is so I can show you this. Yeah. So here's what the chart looks like. Can you see this? Yeah. Yes, I see two columns left and right. Yeah. Something yeah. Like Very that. neatly divided up, isn't it? With dotted lines and everything. Pros and cons column, I assume. That's exactly what it is. Cool day in places. Now, is it a cool day or is it a cool it's day because you're on holidays? Cool it's day. It is a cool not, Tomorrow's not day. smart day. I'm no, I sure. think I've left that behind. I think we've abandoned that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's what's good and bad about today in separate columns. Good. Went to Leicester. Bad. To buy shoes. Oh. Now, I've worded it differently there, so to get the correct response out of you, because that's what I meant. But what I've actually put is, to buy trainers. Which would have been firmly in the good category for a lot of boys, but not me. Not me. That's mm. shoes. No. no. Yeah, no. But yeah. I feel yeah. like what you were right to do what you did. You know what I mean? But I would have understood. Yeah. <laughs> good. Dreamt that Simon, Jamie, Rick, and Ben go to my new school. Bad. They don't. Oh. That's sad, isn't it? They're my friends from the previous school, obviously. Good. Got a new bag. Bad. For school. For school. <laughs> I'm going to start trying to guess what the bad is on every one. <laughs> right, well, you can guess on this one then. Good. Finally, after seven years, managed to draw a decent princess toadstool and devise a scheme to do it again. Bad. The dog ate it. No. Failed to do it again. No. Can't repeat success. Still can't draw Mario. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, to- I'm succeeding at drawing princess toadstool. The bad is... Can't think of a negative reaction for this one. <laughs> cheat. Cheat. It is Just a cheat. as I it started to turn it into a game, you know, to ruin we'll it, it for everybody. Right. They're, they're normal now. They're normal now. We can, you can guess again now. So, uh, good. Found out I have got some flesh-coloured modelling clay. Ardman brand. 
never mentioned before that I wanted some, but it turns out I've got some. What's the bad? What would be the bad about that? Don't have enough of it. No, not quite. Only have flesh-coloured modelling clay. <laughs> <laughs> I've started making some really interesting Wallace and Gromit cartoons. <laughs> no, it's just that it's not very much of a convincing flesh colour. Hopefully no, they've right. improved that since. Uh, good, saw my friend Andy. Bad. Not long enough. Didn't last long. There's no way you can guess these. Uh, you, Andy, you can't guess these. Uh, uh, it- Hit by a car. <laughs> you know, those happen on this, these diaries. You never know. Might be one of those entries. <laughs> I got hit by a motorcycle on the way out of his house. <laughs> no, it's that he had to go home right in the middle of us playing a Mario 3 battle tournament. Well, that was overly specific. I wasn't going to get that, was I? No. Uh, good. There's a chance you'll get this one. Good. He'd finished making me a tape full of Amiga mods. Ones with more than eight tracks. Bad. Uh, tape won't play. Yeah. No, I can uh, listen to the tape. No, no batteries problem. for tape playing. <laughs> <laughs> no. There was no tape. No, it's not a problem with the tape. The tape is fine. <laughs> hit by car. <laughs> I love the idea that I would just, like, in so old hat now, I've been hit by a car and a motorbike already in the last few weeks, so I just put hit by car in a column. <laughs> See, the, the ultimate comedy of this bit would be if the last entry genuinely was hit by a car, but sadly I know it won't be. Well, it might be how the podcast ends. <laughs> It's time yet. Uh, no, the bad is I can't make music mods that are that good. Oh. Good. I have the program to do up to 16 track tunes. Bad. Can't. Not very good yeah. at it. Yeah. yeah, don't know how. Just don't know how. Good. The video's ready to collect. Also, no mention of what there's uh, uh, apparently the, I think I'm guessing the whole VCR was broken and mm. needed to be replaced. Yeah, because those were back in the days when the video referred to the machine yes. as well as the cassettes you put yes. into it. Yes. So the video is ready to collect. Bad. I still can't think of how to do a video player's guide for Mario All Stars, and I don't even have a SNES SCART. These are the real technical <sighs> concerns of the average 14 year old. Yeah. We finish off on the 6th with some cool news. Spelt N-O-O-S. Cool news. Cool news. And this is cool news. So imagine this, right? Imagine this. So you've spent the last three years dodging getting run over by the teacher (laughs) (laughs) to catch the bus on the green at school. You've got your little bus pass, you get on the bus. Now, though, I'm at a big school. Big school doesn't put on this service. They don't have a special bus and a special bus pass, or at least... 
uh, now I think back, I don't know whether or not my parents were having to pay for that bus pass or not. I don't know. Probably. But this bus you have to pay for. You have to show up with money and you have to put it down and you have to get on the bus. That's how my school bus was. Mm. Yeah. And do you remember that the first time I got on that bus, I was immediately bullied. Someone tied my laces to the thing and everything. Oh, I'd long forgotten that. Yeah. yeah do you remember that? And, I was, and they tied them tight. I had trouble getting them off. So I don't like this bus. It's an it's an unpleasant process to go through. Also, because we're getting older and bullshier and like, just like everyone's kind of being mean to everyone now. We're not hanging out at the bus stop as friends anymore. We're hanging out in like mean little cliques or all being separate and like being mean about each other. It's just not a, not a nice environment anymore. Well, on Monday the 6th, mum gets a year-long teaching job. She's a teacher. At the school next to mine. So oh. I'm getting driven, driven in every, every day! day. Oh. Now, in practicality, what that meant is that I'm given a, the key. I've got the key to the car in pocket because I get out of school before mum does. So I've got the key. I'm wandering over to the car park because it's like they're adjacent, these schools. So I'm sitting in the car. I've got the radio. I've got Trent FM playing. I've got my Game Boy that I'm playing. And I've saved myself some What's-It's and Apple Pie from lunch. I am having... A whole whale of a time. <laughs> Every evening after school. Or I've got a tape on, or whatever. I'm having a brilliant time. I've got the car to myself. But what I describe it as here, this is why I'm excited now. This means I get Amiga time every morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I can think seriously about doing a longer project. Namely, Demon Tomato the movie. <gasps> because... <laughs> Because now we've got Demon Tomato, listeners, if you don't know, is a, is a, that's a comic I'm currently working on. It was a comic I used to draw back then as well. And he doesn't mean currently in 1996. He means oh, currently I mean now. now in 2022, soon to be three. I swear to you that this book will come out before this podcast ends and you will be able to read it. Yeah. Um, Demon Tomato, the movie, I'm going to animate it and everything because now we've put the old vcr so apparently we must have got a new one while the old one was in the shop the new one's back we've put it in the back room permanently it's attached to the amiga i can make video animations and i can video them yes uh, and, I, and i didn't and you never did never the did the end <laughs> you know talking about getting driven I, I was driven into school in the mornings with my because yeah. when my dad went to work but we would get the bus home or walk depending yeah. on what age we were and whenever we decided we'd rather save the money for sweets or sonic or whatever <laughs> yeah but um i don't know what your mom's like dave mm -hmm. but my mom had a terrible habit of not being able to be anywhere on time oh no my mom's not like that i'm like that mm. you know we would be ready to go and she'd mm. be like go and sit in the car and we would do so and we would sit and we would sit and we would sit well she did god knows what to get herself ready to go <laughs> and yes we would beep the horn and mm. oh we'd get in trouble for that you know but god i remember one day where uh the next door neighbor started up their car and left and she came running out the house thinking we'd started <laughs> the car with, instead of beeping the horn <laughs> that's all you had to do from then on just turn the key in ignition and now we come on <laughs> <laughs> ah, innocent days. Yeah. What were you doing at the start of 97, Daryl? Do you remember? Not a clue. I just remember playing Sonic 3D and getting very frustrated about why can't it turn into Super Sonic. That's all I remember. <laughs> oh, well, he's patched that in now. They have. You have director's cut. Yeah. It's a good time. Oh, is, it, is that in the director's cut, is it? Yeah. 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 Even the level editor as well. Oh. Oh. Mm. 
Cool. It's very nice. Mm. Very nice on a Steam Deck. I bet, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Who needs Sonic Frontiers when you've got Sonic 3D threats to cut? <laughs> we were just doing a live stream of yes. our day of playing Sonic 3D a few days ago, and I was there to talk shit as well. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and we used that opportunity because because it's awkward we do these ahead of time, so we can't... Re- na- you know, I'd like now to be like, Sonic Frontiers just came out at time of recording and like talk about how, yeah, I, I quite like it. But, uh, you know, it's been ages. You're, you're going to hear this at Christmas. It's going to yeah, have been yeah, out yeah. for a month and a half at that point. Yeah. So if you want to know about that, you can track down the uh, Sonic 3D stream that me and Chris did. It's probably on my Bulma Boops Buttons channel on YouTube. Sonic's World. The Monster Wakes, part one. Written by Lou Stringer, art by Roberto Corona. Colors by Andy Pritchett and letters by Tom Frame. Techno invites the Freedom Fighters to use her secret underground lab as their new base. They accept, though they're concerned that the lab is a little small for all of them. But luckily, Knuckles is passing on his way to the Metropolis Zone and helps them dig out some extra tunnels to expand the lab into. Unfortunately, the burrowing unearths a dragon that has been sleeping beneath the earth for centuries and is not happy at being woken up early. I really enjoyed this. It's a little... Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's great. It's a little breather. It's a little slice of normal life. It's nice. It's another New Year story as it well. Is. That's uh, What's that? Three mm. New Year stories in an issue. Yeah, there's not much to New Year, but they've managed to come up with three different things. Yeah. I mean, there's. it's only a New Year's in the sense that they're at a party in Techno's lab, and Techno's like, don't leave, stay. You know, the, the New Year's content of this issue lasts one panel. Sure, but whatever, it still feels festive. But still, yeah. And you've hit the nail on the head there. What's happening here is they're getting a new base. Yeah. That's big news. You know, I've not really been keen on the idea of them having a caravan around the place dressed like clowns. Well, they don't have the caravan anymore. That's the thing. Well, it got no. blown up by Supersonic, so I never really thought about it, but obviously that is why they need the new base yeah yeah and just because having a base is better it was good when they had a base and they're gonna have a base again in the emerald hill zone do you think do they even set up kinterbor in it again and everything i don't know oh. i legitimately do i don't know how long this even lasts is no. the thing because obviously it's not long till everything changes again oh yeah yeah so what it is is that this is techno's base and she's been living underneath the emerald hill zone this whole time and she's got a perfectly good base so she's like well why don't you just have this as your base and we can all be friends and um if they do set up Kinterbor here, it would explain why it surprised me that the Kinterbor computer in the base only lasted about three issues and then was destroyed. <laughs> they do set him up again eventually. Yeah. I just don't know if it's in here. Yeah. At all. Yeah. yeah, It's a good issue. It just raises that tension again of short fuse, like having a short fuse again, really. It's about to boil. Even like the affection of Techno as well, like a potential romance. Yeah, yeah it's it's she in first panel she plants a smacker on short fuse for the happy new years, you know. And he's like <clears throat> thank you, Techno. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it does feel like maybe Stringer was nudging in that direction yeah. until things took a turn and and and, and, and when I say took a turn, what I mean is Techno effectively became separated from Short Fuse to go and have adventures with Amy. Yeah. Uh, not not the comic actually, you know, romantically did anything with the characters. No. Because it was 1997. It genuinely, when I, <laughs> when I saw that bit, I'm like, well, hang on. I mean, Techno doesn't swing that way. Oh, wait, we made that up. We made that up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be a record as well to have Short Fuse doing the origin monologue by panel two. Oh, did you see Lou today? I did, just today on Twitter, going, he didn't realise it was a meme. He didn't, no, it was, he, he didn't. Capellas or. He didn't th- realise it happened so often until he found out it was a meme. Yeah. 
<laughs> Second panel. Uh, forget about Robotnik for once, Short Fuse, says Johnny Lightfoot. It's a celebration. And Short Fuse turns away and looks down. Big close-up in the camera. Big Spider-Man moment. <laughs> you don't understand. It was Robotnik who turned me from an ordinary squirrel into a cybernetic. How can I forget that? With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> comes great moping. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, Amy's just like, call it, guys, but it's mainly for short fuse, but Johnny gets a bit of it as well. And then Techno has a suddenly suggestion, which is nice. And Johnny's the one who suggests that they burrow through the walls to make more room, and Amy's like, oh, I'll trust a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> and then Knuckles and his pterodactyl just drop in yes! for a little uh, guest spot. Flipping Love it! Knuckles still has his pterodactyl. I love this commitment to this that they have. I presume this to be before the Knuckles mm-hmm. strip. You know, this is him on his way to the Metropolis Zone flying over. He says he's just on the way to the floating island, but um, I think this has got to be beforehand. I mean, I say that, but I don't know exactly. Because I'm assuming that pterodactyl gets written out at some yeah, point. Yeah, must do. Unless he just always has a pterodactyl yeah. from now on, and that's just something Knuckles the Echidna has. I don't know. Just something Knuckles yeah. has. Knuckles and his famous pterodactyl. <laughs> <laughs> He's always going on about it. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a, something that might have turned up in an episode of Sonic Boom, where Knuckles is going like, oh, I'll take my pterodactyl. And they'll go, what? Yeah, you know, my, I'm always going on about yeah, it. My pterodactyl. Oh, my pterodactyl. <laughs> I'm always talking about him. And then they would have flashbacks yeah. to scenes from previous episodes, but there'd be a pterodactyl green screened in just off at the side. <laughs> green screened in. <laughs> well, you know, they would animate it to look like it had been green screened in. Yeah. <laughs> so they ask, you know, oh, we had hoped to... Knuckles is surprised to see the Freedom Fighters because, you know, they, they don't live in the Emerald Hill Zone. And he's like, how long have you been back here? He said, well, we were hoping to live underground and you could be the person to help us. Oh, I never run from a fight. What's the problem? Bad nicks again. Another death egg, is it? Ooh, I'll give you that. I'll help. And then it cuts to Knuckles digging through the dirt. They only wanted me to dig some extra space for their secret base. So much for me day off. <laughs> and uh, then then off he heads on the uh, pterodactyl and says, if I hang around much longer, you'd have me fit in carpets. This <laughs> is a good line. Yeah, and it leaves us with everybody else, all these freedom fighters, just, you know, they're just looking through this cave. Short Fuse has turned his arm into a torch. Oh, and... he has, hasn't he? Yeah, I didn't notice that. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Next oh, panel, no. Look, he's just he holding, is it. holding it. Oh, isn't he? Well. Boo. Boo. Boo! Boo! He should have turned his arm into a torch. It's <laughs> fancy gadget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We have our preferences, you know. We, we, we have strong opinions and they can form in a split second. <laughs> he should have. He's a robot. He should just have a torch in there. It's That's yeah. the thing about robots and characters in cartoons. It's like they can just pop Turn your eyes one, with, on within a view. certain limited field to the, for the purposes of story. A robot should just be able to something out of it. Pull the hand into the wrist and pop whatever out of it. At the very least, a torch. Come on. A torch, for goodness sakes. My phone has <laughs> a torch in it. Yeah. You know, tell me cybernics don't have a torch in them. <laughs> Bumping around in the dark. It'd be even cooler, though, if it was his eyes. Exactly. Yeah. Turn big shine, on. big beams around. I bet Vermin's got a torch. Yeah. I bet, yeah. He's a, he's a new he's model. New model. <laughs> he's got torches. That was just part of the specs, you know. They cha- they added the torch. They changed the charging port chip. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, they're in this cave yeah, yeah. with this torch, and what they find is the uh, the gigantic eye of a sleeping dragon. It's just a dragon, yeah. It's a dragon, and that's the climax of the strip, is that the whole base is rumbling and shaking because 
this dragon is like wrenching its way out of the ground. Lovely big panels of it, like yeah. <laughs> bursting out of the ground. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Why not a dragon? Why not a dragon? And why not the dragon be a bit sarky? And they go, I hope it's friendly. And he goes, Well, let's see. <laughs> and why wouldn't it be able to talk? I mean, it's it's Mobius. Animals <laughs> talk Mobius. on Mobius. That's what you got going on. Yeah. Next issue, the dragon strikes. It's nice, isn't it? It's a, it's, it's good. It's just a good, uh, just yeah. a little bit of a one. You know, it, it feels like the first Freedom Fighter strip. Well, I was going to say the first strip with the new Freedom Fighter setup that didn't feel like it was about changing the setup as it already exists. You know, because we we got Short mm. Fuse added, then we had a story that introduced Short Fuse's Venom, and then Short Fuse got sick and went away for a while. Yeah. And then this one is like, well, okay, so now we finally get to see what happens when it's just them. And actually, no, it's because they're getting a new base, this issue as well. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. actually, Lou's just constantly uh, playing in this space of... And it's funny, because, you know, for as, as short, I realise now, as short as an amount of time as this actually is the status quo. Only six issues till episode 100, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that the, the thing that this strip turns out to be about is this dragon. Mm. And it doesn't turn out to be about it until the very last minute. Which means that just the characters, we know them well enough, and we like them well enough, and they're interesting enough themselves, that they can carry a five-page strip, or at least, you know, three to four pages of a five-page strip, by themselves. Just them getting on with their lives and seeing each other and being friends and stuff. That's great. I I love that we get... we, We always used to like it. We always used to comment on it whenever there was a moment that the characters were able to just talk to each other instead of doing some Mm. action. And here was the whole strip of it. Yeah, great. Stringer's good at balancing these things. Yeah, it's just nice how you just see like the characters interact, and then you have Knuckles randomly appearing, which you never really see. Yeah, that's great. And then you just have him just be a builder. <laughs> Stringer can't have written many Knuckles stories, can he? When I think about it. Oh, no. and certainly this is the first time anyone's gone like, "Oh, let's give Knuckles a ring," and like <laughs> Knuckles just comes round to help and then goes away again, and it's just the the day to day running of things as the Freedom Team. I like it. I like to imagine they would just have had to have Johnny dig out the tunnels if Knuckles hadn't been there, you know. Harder <laughs> yeah. work for yeah. Johnny. Yeah. Well, it was his suggestion. Oh, but Short Fuse would have just fired up his lasers and cut oh, yeah. out surely, you know. In fact, yeah. it's a bit rude that he made Knuckles do it. <laughs> <laughs> but then, as we've established, he hasn't got a torch, so maybe he hasn't got his lasers either. <laughs> yeah, he has got a shovel. Yeah, maybe he needs a rest. Yeah. Maybe he's had too much turkey. Uh, he just needs a rest. <laughs> Maybe he's just bone idle. <laughs> yeah, it's just an extension story, isn't it? The base needs an extension. Yeah, in, yeah. the extension. Yeah, which is great. And the dragon's going to probably add a few more rooms to the main sensor. So, yeah, yeah, it's a great little DIY SOS. I wonder what the actual payoff is to all. You know, it's like the right. dragon's just exploded the... Uh, uh, has that destroyed the base? Is that the base? Yeah. Is that the base that done? Yeah. Has the dragon erupting destroyed it? I don't know. And it has to be techno, you come with us instead of us living with you. Did it come with us and live in the dirt for a while, you know? The Corona Pritchett team. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Pritchett's colouring, is, I think, has really been what has made Corona's art come to life for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's lovely. I hope they keep working together, because uh, we know from last issue Pritchett's doing strips on his own now, so I don't know if that means that like their collaborations will be reduced, but uh, I really enjoy them working together, and I uh, hope they'll keep doing it. Mm. Next issue, The Dragon Strikes. Is that your crunching on me? Very healthy look. I've got some greys. It's all peas and stuff. Ugh. 
I bought some fruit pastels just for this. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it's nearly finished. Get them out. There they are right now. There they are right now. Yeah. Help yourself. You can munch on a pastel while we do some speed lines. Speed lines. Speed lines. Um, oh my god. Bombshell in speed lines. But that comes a bit later. What's the first one? This one's called No Class. Dear STC, why do teachers always confiscate the best comics? <laughs> From an STC-less Carlos Ferlans <laughs> and Caleb Clases <laughs> in Mosley, Birmingham. And uh, Megadroid says, give your teacher a break, boys. He or she probably just wanted a good read. Hey. We haven't had letters in from Carlos or Caleb, have we? Because we've definitely heard about problems with STC at school in our mailbag in the past. It wasn't about confiscations, Ooh, yeah. but was it? it was about Bannon and bringing them in. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because they yeah. were giving them out to everybody and it became the big thing on the playground. Confiscation. I, I, oh. I mean, mm, that's not... No, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, that, I, that, that makes me angry. What do you mean? Mm. The idea of a teacher taking something off you and not giving you it back at the end of school. Yes, that is... That's theft. Yeah, yeah that's, that's not wrong, yeah. giving it back. And I assume because he's gone home to write this letter yeah. that he doesn't have his comic back. I once had a Beano confiscated off me by the teacher and mm. quite right, I was reading the Beano during class. Sure, um, if you're reading it during class, sure, yeah. But you know what she did? She put it in the bin. What? Oh, that's, that's marvellous. How do you turn your face so red so fast? So red so fast. <laughs> yeah, I was livid. And I was ooh, I was like ten years old and I was spitting and I was thinking, right, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that was the last thing that my granddad gave me before he died. He wasn't dead. <laughs> uh, no, what I did was I just took it back out to the bin again. I went into the bin and got it out. Sure, yeah. It was a waste paper basket. There's no food in there. No, I yeah. swear to God, any teacher that does that once tried at The Hague, it is unconscionable. Yeah. 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 Like, do you know what it makes me wonder? How many things are there locked in teachers' drawers that they confiscated, meaning to give back, forgot, and the child thinks that they meant not to give it back, and to this day thinks that they confiscated it forever? It remains there still. I've actually given myself a headache from turning red <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> What's it where like summer fairs everything at schools? Because they can sell it on as a profit. <laughs> oh my god! All goes in the tombola. Oh, I yeah. never thought of that. Ooh, what if that's what they do? Because the thing is, there'll be stuff in a teacher's drawer that's like, oh, I was going to give that back, but, but I've forgotten that child doesn't go to this school anymore. Oh well, <laughs> yeah. don't lose sorry with it. Let's put it on this stall. Uh, yeah. yeah. Ooh, that doesn't feel good. Um, <laughs> oh my god. So the next one is called Data Strop. And it is... This is a bombshell to me. This comes as a huge surprise and shock. It says, Dear STC, In my opinion, the data strip at the back of the comic is a waste of space and a stupid idea, which is a shame because everything else is just great. And that's from Stephen Evans, Dublin, probably violin, Sonic and Knuckles, Hogtag winner. Listener, that's not what shocked me. I've got no problem with that. You can critique any bit of SC you want. Is this... Megadroid replies, okay, Stefan, you'll be relieved to learn that the data strip is no more after this issue. <laughs> However, a big thank you to everyone who sent them in in the past. That, I don't know why I'm so shocked by that. I don't know why you're so shocked either, but it's no. been it's been an institution that we yes. rigidly ignore every episode. Yes. But yeah, uh, it's because of the format change next issue. Oh, well, we've got a full format change coming up. 
Well, it's a, you know, I mean, with fewer pages, so they take the next issue page and I think they move it to the back of the pinup as a way of shuffling things around. I think Speedlines moves to being the inside back cover page. Oh. And because you don't have that outside strip that you can cut off, they get rid of the data strip. Hmm. Fare thee well, data strip. Yeah. You were a bit of a waste of space. Yes, literally a waste of space. There were nobody ever sent it in yeah. except for people who there. Are, we know there are people who filled it in. Yes, I'm sure people did send it in. Yes, probably. But still, I can't imagine it ever actually caused a game to get turned into a strip. No, no, that would have fit for the email, really, wouldn't it? Data strip, send it well, by email. Oh. Yeah, I mean, now that they have email, there really isn't any need for for that. Though I couldn't, it wouldn't have done me any good. No email yet. Not for years. <laughs> Cut off from SDC I was. How was it to make my opinions known? Well, I stopped buying the comic. That's how it <laughs> Christian Orders. I had to read this like three times because I'm thinking, this seems just too harsh really to end the issue on. <laughs> so, dear STC, this is a message for Sonic which he should take special care to follow. I demand that you kill everybody in the city because if you don't, I will turn you into hedgehog soup. Got it. Oh, God. And that's from... <laughs> and that's that kind message from Christian Stevenson Edmonds. Oh, my God. He's got three names, like a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a double-barrel last name. It's not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and he still won a tag, but then Megadroid like, says, worth a try, Christian. But something tells me you'd be the one who'd end up in the soup. So we got fighting talk, but again, it just feels like... It's a bit much, isn't it, to end this issue on a jolly festive issue? To end the year <laughs> on this death threat. <laughs> <laughs> a Christmas Eve death threat. I, yeah, I'm just kind of lost for words for this. Because it's like, what's up, Christian? Do you need a chat? Do you need a frisbee? <laughs> We've had a few, like, angry letters, you know, where they, like, hey, mega dunce, print my letter or I'll yeah. send Dr. Robotnik around to drop a spiked ball on your head yeah. or whatever. And as I've said in the show before, I'm well used to them because the Transformers letters page hosts in the UK, Marvel comic, used to get dogs abuse from the kids writing in at home. But yeah, bit much this one. <laughs> Kill everyone in the city. Kill everyone. The city of Carmonic or... Uh... Yeah, don't, or, yeah <laughs> or Metropolis. Don't mm. know, yeah. Yeah. It just after like reading this so many times and then at the end it's just... I want you to kill everyone in this city. I'm like, okay. Well, uh, uh, I searched his name to find out if he's ever been arrested for anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, that, now, let me just check this one that says gasps and sobs as man is convicted of. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, let you're not going to find many Christian Stevens and Edmonds. Yes, this is a Christian <laughs> and he's not from Scotland. I think we're in the clear. Couple of pictures to round the year out with, and they're the kind of pictures that get my suspicions going. I know! <laughs> yes, uh, we've got one from Martin Wright from Heaton Norris in Stockport, and it's uh, it's uh, Frank Einstein from Decap Attack, uh, yep. surrounded by. He's covered all in stars and sparkles, and he's wearing a Santa hat, and he's got a scarf on, and he's surrounded by balloons and streamers. And. He's got robot hands. I don't know what's going on there. He's holding drumsticks or matches. I'm not sure what's going on with the hands. I think that's just a child trying to draw hands. They do look like robot hands. Does he normally wear gloves? They're grey. Mm. Well, maybe they're gloves. You know, he doesn't normally wear gloves, but maybe they're... Uh, it's difficult they're to there. tell. i just skip back to this issue, but he's A in costume he's and B in nude. Mr. Cuddle so Bunny costume. No, he doesn't yeah. normally wear gloves. But I suppose no. they could be like Santa gloves. I think those are not drumsticks he's holding. I think those are matches. And the reason I think that is that someone has tipexed out 
trails of smoke coming off each one. Look. Oh God, you're oh, right. Yeah. Those are Tipex strips. See Look that? at them. Might not be trails of smoke. They might not. Maybe they were flags. Maybe they oh. were little flags for something, and they've they tipexed out the flag. Been. But they look like they, matches to me. They do look like matches, but but you can imagine that little red dot on the top just being the wee knobble on top of a, yeah. of a oh, flagpole. Yeah. Do you as know well. what? You've convinced me now. I think it is. Yeah. So what would I they have what said? What the flag said? Yeah. Who knows? Mm. Because he's got a little white square on his tum tum uh, that says ninety seven on it. Yeah. So they've they've taken a drawing of something for Christmas. Pro- they probably received for Christmas ninety five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last year, and have repurposed it for this year. Much like has definitely also been done with this drawing oh my from God. Dale Philippa Johnson from Ingleby Barwick in Stockton, which is a drawing of uh, Sonic, yeah. all cooled up, sunglasses yeah. on. He's wearing a shirt as well, from the looks of things. Again, background of balloons. It's not a very good drawing. Sorry, Dale Philippa Johnson, but I calls him like I sees him. But that is <laughs> secondary yeah. to what has clearly happened here. STC, yep. somebody uh, maybe got their child to write it because they've tried it very looks hard. Like a child's it, it, it looks like yeah. a child's handwriting. Three cheers for 97 in a big knobbly speech balloon that has been cut out yep. and pasted on top <laughs> yeah. of this drawing. <laughs> and we know this because you can see the drawing through it. You can see through it. Through it. Yeah. Yeah. At first, I thought the little white lines that you can see around certain edges of the speech bubble yeah. were the empty page space where, where Dale Philippa Stockton had failed to colour in the balloons uh, all right all the way up yeah. to the line. Uh, no, no, that's been pasted on there. And when you look at actually how misshapen a balloon it is, it's obviously been done and shaped to fit into this tall panel that they've put the drawing in on the speed lines page <laughs> Yeah, you're as well. right. Yeah, it has. Yeah. <laughs> Scurrilous. We can trust <laughs> nothing anymore. Every picture that's going to be put in Sonic yeah. the Comic, we're never going to know. It's it's going to be a friggin' autopsy. <laughs> it's like half a drawing. Yeah. It, it looks like on the bottom right, there's something there. There's something oh, there on yeah. the bottom right, little black squiggle. Something. Yeah. yeah. He's with someone. Yeah, that's someone else's shoe, I think. Yeah. I wonder if the other half ever was unveiled somehow. <laughs> it was ever found. I'm just, I'm on, like, I'm, oh. I'm livid about this. <laughs> I, I wish Jessica Padkin had never told us that they tampered <laughs> with her drawing. Oh, not me. Because, no, I like this. I like knowing more. No, I, no, I, I feel like a, a trusted and sacred relationship has yeah. just been destroyed here. <laughs> Lied to for years as a child. Yes, but the best... Maybe there was full and proper context for that drawn of Sonic as a Coke bottle that they just <laughs> took away from me. Well, sunlight is the best medicine for lies, you know? You, we, now that we know, we can confront it and we can deal with it. Before, otherwise, we'd have just remained credulous. We'd have been duped for our whole lives. Does Dale have the full picture? Is that the question? Does he have it mm. framed somewhere? So, yeah, right in. The mystical of a half. And what did these people think when they saw their pictures in STC doctored? Yeah. How is this not bigger news? Why isn't everybody talking about this? Because, Chris, (laughs) we've scooped this. We're doing good journalism here. uh, We're the ones exposing this. Write in if you're scandalised by this. (laughs) (laughs) Well... As sour a note as it is for 1996 to go out on. Faked doctor drawings and death threats. <laughs> Next issue, there is a free frisbee. So there's oh, a, we, yeah, got that, enough, yeah. we got that going for us. You yeah, know. Yeah. 
Next issue, cover gift spinner spree, plus new stories, Sonic's big fight. No, they're still going on about this big fight. Uh, Amy and Techno go underground. Plus Knuckles talks to the trees. And Freedom Fighters enter the dragon. But no, um, no telling us about any other features, which is, you know, not the most welcome, because obviously next issue, we don't know yet, but I'm telling you now, there are four less pages next issue, so I don't know what that means we're going to start missing out on. Uh. But as I say, we still get ads, we still get the review zone for a while, there will still be pinups to make fun of. Oh, we'll, we'll always get ads. They'd never give away their ad pages. <laughs> STC 95 on sale Wednesday, the 8th of January, 1997. No, it's not. Priced £1.25. All oh, change! My last issue for six months. I can't believe this. <laughs> the the, the mm. price rise was got you kicked off the comic. Oh, <laughs> it was just... Yeah. 5p! Yeah. I've no idea. I mean, I'm sure there's... I forget this, but I'm sure there is a story in this as well. And it had a part one and a cliffhanger, and I never knew what it was until years Uh. later. I just remember having the frisbee. I'm like, well, this is the only Sonic thing I've got now. Like once every two weeks, you have to get the frisbee out and forlornly play with it. (laughs) Stroke it gently. Just throw it like Millhouse, just on a seesaw on his own. (laughs) (laughs) Every Wednesday, you'd go and throw the frisbee, but there was no one on the other end to catch it. So you just had to go run over and pick it up and throw it back to where you'd been. The thing is, when you're a kid, I mean, the time just seems so much longer, doesn't it? So, Oh, God, so this issue, I remember, I think it was like towards the end of summer 97, eight-year-old me, that was like years. That's a lifetime, yeah. Yeah, years of no Sonic the comic. So, bittersweet, but I go back to it for a few more issues yet. If the reason you stopped having it was because it was 5p and your parents weren't prepared to pay that, how did you get it back? Because that's your same parents, right? Or did you have income yeah. by then? No, no, well, no, not for eight years old, no. Um, no, well, I don't know, like, you might have cleaned a window or something, I don't know. <laughs> cleaned a chimney. Yeah, um, I think I just kept pestering them, like, at the end of uh, school, I yeah. think it was, because I'd, I'd mm. finished primary school year three, I think, by then. Yeah. I got, like, an end of school report, I think it was. Yeah, it's coming back to me now. Oh, you've been good. Yeah, and as a nice reward, I just went, can I have this? Yeah. Nah. And then it came back, and I think it was one of them had a certain enemy, a returning enemy is all I'll say. But, yeah. I thought you meant one of your parents. <laughs> well, you know, and that's who. <laughs> the returning enemy was Sonic the comic. They got it out of the house, but they couldn't keep it down for long. It came back as a cyborg. <laughs> so that's the end of 1996, eh? Uh, 1997 for the next episode. What? And... I feel like we said it, and we have said it many times over the last three and a half years, but it's only true now. Is like Basically, the whole length of time we've been doing this podcast, just the very start of it was in the early 90s, but this whole show's been a mid-90s show. Mm. We are now officially entering the late 90s. Oh, dear. It is GCSEs. (laughs) It is an entirely different stage of life now this year was a transitional year i moved to big school or in my case you know a different campus you know but this is 97 Mm. and 90 no lifetimes apart lifetimes apart it's and and tomb raider exists now playstations are about pokemon will be along soon unfathomable we are hairy we are smelly (laughs) (laughs) it is it's it's gonna be a strange one honestly as we uh I, i I've yet in STC to experience an ad 
that has taken me out of the comic in any way. Mm-hmm. Where I'll see an ad and I'll be like, oh yeah, I said, yes, this product. Oh yes, Fruit Pastels. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, Ernie the Chinless Wonder thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Shredheads and Shredless Wonders. Frosties and Gladiators. Yes, these are all... Mm-hmm. There are going to be ads for stuff coming up now this year where I'm like, no. Yeah. Surely not yeah, yeah, yeah. that this is now. Mm. Dave, you used the phrase that this Christmas that we've just passed was the final Christmas of your yeah. childhood. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, certainly, I agreed at the time, yeah, that it's definitely the last Christmas of a certain phase of childhood. And life. If only because I measure it as next year being the PlayStation Christmas. Yeah. It's the, it's a door closing on what, in my mind, STC, Sonic the Comic, is about and represents as an era. And we're moving on into something else now. I agree with that. I don't know what it's going to be like. It's going to be weird. Whole podcast going to take on a really weird maudlin tone now as we become aware of our own, the looming hand of death on our shoulder. <laughs> well, maybe we should pass it on. We should find some kids to do this podcast. Oh, so kids that were born in like 1985, yeah, so yeah, that yeah. they're three years, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. three years younger than us. So that, so 97 is their 1993. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's weird. I mean, for like even Britain as well, you've got obviously 96 Christmas, you got the Spice Girls. Yes. So that's, so we're in it with now, with this issue, the people reading this issue originally knew the song Wannabe as they read it. Yeah. I think of that yeah. as from another time. I think of that as from oh. when we were old. <laughs> I'd never really thought about it. It doesn't feel wrong to me. Mm-hmm. I guess there's just enough... Well, it's from this past year, so there's just yeah. enough cultural overlap yeah, yeah. in 96 where I'm able to get on with it, I mm. guess. Spy skills, even politics and stuff, like Labour Party and everything else. Diana. Tony's in, Diana's out. Oh, come on! <laughs> and just all the other games, like PlayStation just annihilates the whole console space, and then you've eventually got not just Tomb Raider, but Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, and Metal Gear Solid, and it all just keeps going. And then Dreamcast. Jeez, Metal Gear Solid, that's a whole lot. That's another thing entirely. Like, yeah, yeah, games can do that now. That's the sort of things we get out of games now. When did Metal Gear Solid come out? Um, I think it was February 98 in Japan. Right, yeah. So So not long. That's only a little ways away. And we keep Mm. plugging away reading this comic about something long gone kind of you know like he's back now but at the time sonic was long gone yeah after this <laughs> he's just had sonic 3 sonic 3 days just come out what are you talking mm. about mm-hmm. it's sonic jam soon isn't it well yes quite which is nothing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a sonic adventure prototype and then the real yeah. thing the year after yeah yeah oh wow oh <laughs> i want my frisbee back 97 it's it's gonna be a weird year yeah. Well, join us, won't come you? Come and be weird with us, <laughs> listeners. You can join us in 1997 and beyond by downloading new episodes from our website at stctp.zone. Or you can get in most places good podcasts are available. That's right. At least for the time being, you can follow the show on Twitter. It is at Sonic Podcast. Mm-hmm. Assuming it still exists at time of release. And we're both on there currently. I'm at Demon Smarter Dave. And I am at Chris McFeely. But if it is gone, we, we have a Mastodon now. Yes, we do. And we have a Discord. We should promote all these things on here now. Yes. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, uh, this being the time of the great migration to Mastodon, the great migration of the Kohenu to Mastodon, <laughs> I don't know how to promote the Mastodon. Neither do I. <laughs> so go to our Discord <laughs> and get the link from there. How, uh, <laughs> yes, but they only know the Discord if they go to our Twitter to get the link for the Discord. We'll include the Discord link 
in the show notes. Yes! There you go! <laughs> oh, this is a bit of a scavenger hunt, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Daryl, what about yourself? Where can the people find you whenever they're, uh, you know, digging up treasure maps and trying to figure <laughs> out where we are? And like you both said, if Twitter is still going mm. by uh, end of December, then it is just Daryl Baxter. But to be honest, you may just Google Daryl Baxter and Tomb Raider and you'll find all more links there. Mm. Um, there's also Palkies, which is coming back for a fourth series. And if you'd like to have a book of Tomb Raider signed, um, you can also just reach out to me and that can be arranged as well. But otherwise, I'll be throwing my frisbee and listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of plugs, I've just remembered. Um, by the time this episode comes out, Discotech Media will just have released, in time for Christmas, their Blu-ray box set of the remastered version of the original Digimon anime. That's a Region 1 release, but it will be out by the time you listen to this, all being well. I contributed to that uh, DVD set, Blu-ray set, so go hey. go buy that. Go buy that. That's the thing that's out now that I done. Uh, nice. Nothing specific. I just I just dipped my oar in and was like, yeah, how about this, that, and the other. Um, more to follow. <laughs> you can support this show if you go to patreon.com forward slash stctp. We need you to do that, basically, and if you do, you get rewards! You get videos where we've done things, we've read the Martin Adams books, and we talk about them, and we... Oh, and there might be a new one starting soon, if Chris can flip and get hold of a copy. Yep, it's, it's the end of the year, and we did say that new Patreon content will begin in the new year, and if I haven't, even if I haven't managed to get a hold of a copy of Castle Robotnik yet, we will be starting The Secrets of Mobius for the new oh, year. Oh, yes, we've got my old fanfics that I used to write when I was an angsty, moody teenager, and I read them to Chris, and he he suffers dreadfully. I, I'm looking forward to this one because it. The, Dave tried to sound enthusiastic there, but he is worried, filled with the fear for this one. Worried yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah, the suffering will at minimum be shared. Yeah, if not primarily on Dave. <laughs> and so that is happening at patreoncom forward stctp Go there, enjoy things. You'll like it. Oh, and we can set it up. So that if you join the Patreon, you automatically get Discord access. Uh, so that's another way you can find it. Daryl, thanks very much for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. It was a really fun time. And I even bought fruit pastels for the occasion. Draw one out. What's the next what flavour? Oh. Suspense. Red. Yum. One of the nice ones. Uh, red like um, the end of a bird podcast. Egg. The last bird's egg joke for 1996. <laughs> red like a bird's red egg. Like a cause it's winter, like a Robin Redbreast's red egg. <laughs> it's a shame they don't lay red eggs. No, it's a shame that all birds don't lay an egg that's like the colours of them and has got a little beak drawn on it. <laughs> <laughs> Just felt it. Our theme song, For the Love of God, was synchronised by a band called Sonic the Comic, whose work you can find at sonicthecomic.bandcamp.com. But we, for the last time in 1996, blasting into 1997, have been Sonic the Comic, the podcast, and we'll see you next year. Next year. <laughs>